Hello, everyone, and welcome to the spiciest episode of Hotline League, or maybe the most dramatic that we've had in quite some time. I know I already say that. I'm going to keep saying it, but this time I mean it uh, because there's a whole lot to talk about in just two hours. I feel like this is the most jam-packed show we've had, I don't know, I and as long as I can remember for at least this year, right, Mark? In terms of, like, real things happening this week to discuss, like, the Jackie episode felt full because there was playoffs plus her but like right. you know there's just like a, like a big if we had show notes which we've never had in the history of the show it would be a very long list of show notes thankfully we didn't take any notes so yes. we can just rely on the audience again for the topics yes the audio that you are hearing right now is my constant co-host mark zimmerman that's that voice also <laughs> shout out to grubhub and alienware for sponsoring the show I forgot to do a mic check, so we're going to do it right now by introducing Revenge to the show. How's it going, Revenge? Yo, yo. What's up, guys? I'm back. Yeah, welcome back. You I don't know how I sound. Do it. Okay. Yeah, you sound good. Maybe a little, I'm turning it down a little bit. We'll see We'll see okay, how okay. Twitch chat feels. But you don't need to do anything on your end. Let me do it on my end. Um, cool. But, yeah, so you are back. Where, where are you right now? I'm actually in Illinois, uh, like, Probably an hour away from Chicago in the suburbs. That's where I grew up. So nice. I will be going to finals. I'll see you guys there if you're there. Yeah. Uh, Immortals hyped. reached out to me. They want to do something with you and me at the Immortals pop up uh, on Friday. I think. Yeah. So yeah, I will see you there. But other people can see you there as well. You guys are doing. Do you want to just promote that really quickly? Yeah. So Immortals is doing. Uh, I believe it's like a pop up fan meetup on the ninth. And I think we'll be active on the 10th and 11th as well in the arena. So uh, I don't know exactly what to plug yet. I wasn't told, but I'll, if you guys follow my socials. You have custom the... ice pops. So if you go to the yeah. models website, there's, or not website, um, Twitter, there's like, they've got the full three things and you can RSVP there. You guys are doing like stuff at Wrigleyville, which I don't know what that is. Uh, I assume it's near Wrigley. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, I'll be uh, I'll be tweeting things on my socials about it. So if you guys follow me there, um, is is the boba posting. truck gonna make it? That was always the, not... the best part of uh, any tailgate was the Immortals boba truck. Uh, it should, it should. The the boba truck actually, I've I've never tried the boba from our boba truck sadly because I what always showed up late for game. I I showed up late for game days, so I don't know if it's good. But you never I've made it looks like your manager or someone like run good. out and get you one, dude. Okay, but Portillo pre, in the chat says it's really boba, good. Pre-game boba is just ending, by the way. Like, that's me, bro. If you're, <laughs> halfway through the game, if you're drinking boba before a game, you are just... Yeah. Asking for troubles. Okay, well... Anyway, <laughs> on that note, let's do a quick rundown of all the different things that we expect to get calls on tonight. Um, so, first off, we have the conclusion of pre-finals week and playoffs. So we now know what teams are going to Worlds. We know which team in particular is not, uh, which is a pretty big deal. In Team Liquid, I'm sure we'll get some calls and conversation about that. Uh, uh, Revenge and Gyoto holding hands in the audience at uh, Worlds this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have, we, we have so lot, lots of stuff to go out of there. Then we also have, uh, uh, let's see, we got Danny, who unfortunately, and all of our our best wishes are with uh, Danny as he's going through uh, whatever is is going on with him right now. But uh, it was announced yesterday that he will not be participating 
at the summer finals this weekend. That was um, this morning. It wasn't even that long. Oh, ago. It was this morning. That's right. That's right. That's right. Sorry. Um, and yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. And uh, and so we, I think, still trying to understand kind of what that looks like and how long that's going to be for, because we don't know if that extends into worlds or how that'll be going. But uh, it's pretty pretty bummer town. <laughs> Vulcan in the chat says, "Wait, what? I'm sorry you had to find out this way, Vulcan, but uh, I would start looking to find <laughs> you a lane have a partner new soon. person in the bot lane with you." Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, we're not even sure if it 100% works out. Jackie, I just saw, had a tweet that said she, she uh, clarified what was going on. I need to read that Reddit comment because there was a concern about oh, the fact a, that... You said tweet. I thought it was Reddit. Well, or she sorry. tweeted her Reddit comment. I don't know if you saw okay. it. No, I don't see it. Maybe it's down right now because the only thing I see is she retweeted Nicole 10 hours ago. I no, I, I actually it. saw that. I saw okay. it. it was like she was just saying... There's like a specific ruling in the rulebook where if it's like an emergency, that they can sub in a player before the game. And I guess like she she made like a clause or like the clause is that a mental health is technically an emergency, so yeah. that's why it's allowed, and it's like all legal, I guess. I mean, I think that's that's it. That is a good application of that rule for obvious reasons that yes, mental health emergencies yeah. can be an emergency, but also for the fact that like. I think it would have felt not great for literally everyone involved if they were playing with. I think they had like a coach as one of their subs listed, and, and then the other one was a jungler. So like yeah, you yeah. Fought, sticking inspired to lane with Vulcan. Vulcan, yeah. who would you rather lane with? Your your sub jungler or your main jungler? The cat, yeah. If you're still here, <laughs> yeah. So what do you think would mean, give you the best chance to win? I'm glad. I'm glad we got that uh, clarified because I had not seen that most recent update. Um, Vulcan, Vulcan already disappeared. He, we, whenever he heard the news from us, he had to go scramble off to find something. Um, okay. So we got obviously the big AG news. Um, we have champions Q is going to be going during worlds. Um, which means that I will get to hear my roommate through the walls many nights in a row screaming about people killing faker or faker killing people. Oh shit. <laughs> I definitely want to do some stuff around that. I don't know if Kobe wants to like do duo cast or like have yeah. a party and we can all just like hang out on the couch or something and like group co-stream uh champions queue because that's gonna be sick yeah no i am uh i'm actually down for something like that i have the the audio set, set up for it, so i could do it or just the two Man, of i do, do want to say one thing about that yeah. I, I don't know i mean everyone's getting really hyped about it but like we don't know if the pros coming here are actually gonna play it right like i, I mean i hope they do i think it'll be fun but they're gonna try it i imagine right because they'll just be I mean, interested i'm sure they will i'm sure they will but i'm sure that some of them will just cba and just queue up solo queue like i'm actually curious which ones will try it and which ones won't i mean so yeah that's I'm why i'm not getting like too excited yet you know because like if, if they're not doing it like if it, it just takes like a few of the high profile pros like faker or like ruler to start playing solo queue and then everyone's just going to be like going to solo queue again so that, that, that's my take on it, you know? Yeah, I feel like I, I, I might be mistaken, but I feel like I remember when Champions Q came out, like some other regions were like, their players were interviewed about it and they all <coughs> sounded like, at least the interviews I saw, I think I remember people being like, oh, that's cool. And people hate NA solo queue supposedly, so maybe yeah. it'll be uh, well-received. I'm hoping. I mean, 
I, I think I what will happen is thumb... somebody will start on one side and then swap to the. You know what I mean? Like somebody yeah. will be like, "This champion's queue thing is weird." And they'll go to solo queue, or they'll deal with an enter in solo queue, and they'll be like, "Okay, I'm gonna try champion's queue." I feel like everybody will try at least both, but I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm not uh, a pro like that, that, That's a pretty good take too. That, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. That's not I bad. just pray to God we get Faker versus RJS once, and. <laughs> If we're all co-streaming it, we can turn nameplates off and try not to like figure out which one was which and just watch what happens and see if we can guess isn't, which one's. Isn't Faker. the bigger one Chovy versus RGS? Like I thought I thought he like specifically listed out Chovy. Was it Cho was it Chovy? I mean, yeah, that's why I was surprised the article. I was like, wow, they chose Faker for the thing. I mean he was literally saying he's better than Chovy. That's why it was like that's that that's what I remember blew up. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean either way, whenever RGS is mid against any of them, we need like one person to get us into the game, so and then we need to, so that way we don't know who the actual nameplates are, which team is which. It's actually pretty crazy. I wonder if they're going to open it up at all more to, I bet you they won't, but I wonder if they'll open it up to any more North American players because it's actually so fucking crazy how impactful being in Champions queue could be right now. Because if you do get like the crazy, like if you're an Academy player and you make some crazy play and beat Faker and it blows up like uh, Orchovi or whoever, I feel like it could be really big. So the fact that they, they like they are very restrictive with uh, it right now, I feel like is even more impactful than normal. So I don't know. I can't wait for a lore load of roaming Janna on these idiots. I know he doesn't do that as much anymore, but still, <laughs> welcome to North America. Are you? Are I you? Know. I don't want to spend too much time on it because we'll get some calls on it too. But revenge, really quickly, are you really excited about it? Yeah, I mean, like I said, if if the the international pros buy into it. I think it's going to be really cool. Um, I'm personally okay to play solo queue as well here because I'm on low ping. So either or, I'm happy with. Uh, I'm not going to be so happy when they move the champion queue servers more on the west coast if I'm back home because I'm going to be playing on high ping. But um, yeah, I mean, I I'm excited. I'm gonna. I'm just curious to see what's going to happen, right? Like, I don't want to get my hopes too high, like, because I've just learned that. Usually when it comes to champs queue, getting your hopes really high doesn't really pay off, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I want, you know what we should do? We should track how many teams are do, are playing champions queue and which teams aren't. And then if a team just starts to lose in group stage or plays or something like that, you just shame them hard uh, by being like, wow, Ooh. T1 <laughs> struggling, didn't play any champions queue. Uh, what a surprise. Anyway. Uh, okay. So uh, then we also have Spica leaving TSM. Uh, was released from contract today. Lots of stuff going on there. There is a unverified screenshot. Uh, have you seen this, Mark? No. Uh, there's an unverified screenshot that is literally just a screenshot that says, Spica, they only offered me 100K more for my salary or something along those lines. And... Uh, I feel little. I want to address at the start because I've seen a ton of people tweeting it at, um, at us. Yeah, it says they offered me 100k above my current salary. Uh, it's just like something got tweeted to Dominic about it, and what now that's become like the main, um, now that's become like the main, like conversation point, and it's a little weird because it's an unverified. It's an unverified screenshot from an unverified account i don't know it's very strange followed by lily pichu strangely enough um so uh i don't know but i'm sure that that will be some sort of conversation um 
Uh, and then, I don't know, is there, obviously we got finals this weekend that we'll be previewing. I want to say at the start of the show, and I'll mention it again later, Mark and I at 10 a.m. Chicago time will be doing live Hotline League at FanFest on the Grubhub stage. Riot has done, in my opinion, a shit job of communicating to everybody what the schedule is for that day. I will just tell you now, 10 a.m., doors open for FanFest, goes straight to the Grubhub stage. That's where Mark and I will be on Saturday. Um, I know there's, there's a lot of confusion. There's literally nothing else that matters on that day other than us. Yes, exactly. That is the main reason you should be there. 10 a.m. Chicago time. So that means we will also be live on this Twitch channel at 8 a.m. West Coast time, which is I know what we did in Houston. Uh, but a lot of people watched. So if you're waking up early that day, um, do that. But definitely come and show up because I, whenever the Grubhub folks are there and they see a massive crowd of people uh, watching the show, it um, increases the chance that Mark and I will continue to enjoy uh, their sponsorship through the next year. Um, so there's you that. Just anything else you guys say, or should we hop right into calls? Since it's is a there anything else I'm episode? forgetting? I just want to make sure that we're not forgetting anything. What were the uh, awards that got released this past week? Most Lord of improved? the Rings, Rings of Power came out. Two episodes. Uh, <laughs> House of the Dragon episode three. Arcane Mark won some Emmys. Oh yeah, the Arcane Emmy thing is actually really cool. She Hulk. Let's let's let's. I is there anything else we're forgetting? What were Big the spoilers? Megan the Stallion. What were the? Uh, God, you're just the fucking worst. Um, what were the awards that got announced in the past week? It was most improved, right? Yeah, that was it. FTX most improved went to Contracto. Okay. Coaching staff was previous, I guess. Yeah, that was CLG. Okay. All right. Uh, let's just hop straight into calls because we've got too much to jibber jabber with revenge or talk about entertainment stuff. So Mark is going to go off and grab the first caller. Uh, let's see. Sportsnet. Thank you for the sub. Robert Bruce, Tom Shue, Colorado Frost, the Milky Pirate, uh, Don January, Arsh, and Cubby. Thank you, everybody, for the subs. We got our first caller. Who is Neath? Neath, where are you calling from? Uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. All right. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? So I just wanted to talk about how um, I was watching uh, the Best Love series on Sunday. And as I was watching, I kind of realized that if TL loses, because this is before Game 5, that it would be the best thing for the health of the North American League of Legends esports scene. And because it marks the end of an era of importing the best talent and making this super team like on paper, even though it doesn't like work out in reality. And it should be a warning that like money does not buy success and that you have to grow success from within. And it's all about like the new guard replacing the old and the new philosophy growing the new. All right. Uh, not, I, it's, it's cool to start off with this conversation because I think we've heard a lot of chat about this type of thing, especially in the last couple of months, but maybe even during playoffs. Uh, I will also throw in there that we have a caller who has the opposite take Okay. after this. Okay. So we don't need to go, I don't know if you want to like, sure. Do, should we do a dueling caller segment or no? <laughs> are, are you down with that Neath? Yeah, sure. That sounds like fun. Okay. All right, we haven't done one of these in a hot minute. Yeah, Let me yeah. see. Mark's gonna go grab person. the next or the the other caller, and we'll we'll get them both in here. We have sometimes we do this. If you guys haven't ever seen us do this, it's uh, we bring both callers in with opposing takes, and we do a massive conversation. So we'll see how this goes. Mark's doing an audio check right now. 
uh, with them. Neith, are you going to any part of Worlds? Uh, no, I was going to if it was in Canada, but they moved it, so yeah, can't go. Sorry, sorry to hear. Okay, we're now also joined by Green Tea Ho. Wait, Green Tea Ho, do I know who you are? Um, sometimes we've tweeted on Twitter. Okay, I that's why your name is. Ooh, that's kind of cute. That's why your name is recognizable to me. Okay, where are you calling yeah, from? I asked about Brandon Sanders and stuff. Sorry, um, that's I'm right. from New York. Uh, you're from New York. Okay, what is your take? My take is that TL should continue with their money ball strategy, and even though they failed this year, I still like their Yankee style approach. Okay, uh, so just for what it's worth, t money ball is the opposite of the Yankee approach. The, oh, yes. the, the money ball Sorry. is like you're, you're trying. It's okay. I just just for fans to clarify, uh, money ball is usually like you're trying to get the best value for your buck by looking for what's undervalued, whereas the Yankee approach is throw your wallet at them. The uh, Moneyball okay. thing is more like a, you know, Golden Guardians 2020 type thing or something. Understood. It's never never seen Moneyball. <laughs> Regardless, the point is you don't think just because it didn't work this time that they should just fully abandon the strategy. Okay. So, Neith, why don't we start off with you making your case? Yeah. So, basically, like, all great teams come from, like, growing the success from within. And within building success from within, you just like build a great culture and like you can build long lasting success. Although if you buy success, you might like get it immediately and win it all, but you only win it like once and then everybody figures you out or the synergy doesn't work. And then you have to like start over again by buying new players that are better, right? Yes. Okay. And then Green Tea Ho, why, what is, is your big case for this? Um, mainly. I, th well, uh, so I think that they could have stuck with Jensen, for example. Um, I just like, I just preferred, uh, sorry. No, you're good. Take your time <laughs> um, if you need a second to, to breathe. Yeah. Let me think for a second. While sure. you think, let me, let me uh, tap revenge in here. Revenge, what do you think? Where, where are you leaning thus far in the debate of... Team Liquid should stop building super teams. Vitality fucking bustered out super hard. Team Liquid bustered out. What do you think? Um, honestly, I feel like... I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to say because I feel like it does matter what like super players, if you want to call them, you put together, right? Like, I feel like there's a lot of star talent that doesn't really work together for certain reasons. Like, they're really... Like, they have certain play styles that they want to play that doesn't work with the others, and they're a lot more... I mean, I guess the reason they're known for being stars is for, like, playing those styles, right? And I think that some things like the meta also take and take, like, or take a big part in it, but I'm definitely more leaning toward the side that Super Teams definitely probably shouldn't happen anymore, at least not to the extent that it happened on TL, because it's a huge risk, and uh, I just don't see why orgs would take that risk looking at all the other success from all the other teams right like 100 thieves and eg right i just yeah that's just the way i see it uh green green tea ho uh do you want to take another stab at it yeah um i would argue that 100t essentially bought their team from golden guardians too so it wasn't homegrown in a sense and uh c9 picked up jensen which was an established player i'm not so much against um remaking the team as much as saying oh don't buy big names just because the super team idea you know i think that t 
TL's recipe this time was just wrong. Yeah. Okay, so here's uh, sort of, I'll, I'll weigh in. I think that Green Tea, I agree with, or I disagree with you a little bit because I think that your mindset worked really well a couple of years ago. There was a point in time where you could just be like, let's just get Bjergen and Doublelift on the same team or Core and Doublelift on the same team. And then like, boom, we win and we're going to Worlds every time. I think what has happened is a couple different things. One, costs and salaries have just blossomed up. And uh, we're at a point in time where like, I've heard a lot of different esports teams have been doing layoffs in the last couple months. And so I don't think that money is as free to kind of throw around and build these things as much as it used to be. So the risks are higher, right? If we're talking about risk versus reward. I think the other thing is that the risks are a little higher in terms of it's no longer a guarantee because other teams have started to make really smart decisions like 100T, who I know bought them from uh, three players from Golden Guardians, but also was able to kind of combine that and do something that felt a little bit more organic, I guess, over the last two years and, and maintain the same roster year over year. You know, like TL has had in the past winning rosters and then they continue to fuck with them afterwards. And so I think that's also part of the downside. So I just don't think it works as well in a world where people have gotten smarter and savvier about building rosters and where costs have gotten higher and where the sort of LCS or esports economy no longer kind of supports the big buying side of it. So that's kind of like the business case in my mind against the way that TL does this stuff. Mark? So the business case is boring. No one likes the business case. Um, I somewhat see where Green Tio is coming from, where like we've watched super teams do well in the past. These two iterations fail, but that doesn't necessarily mean the entire method's wrong. It could have just been like, you should have stuck with Jensen and maybe this team is way better, you know? Like, who knows? I will push back even like C9's a super team because like Berserker, while highly regarded, coming from the LCK Academy scene was still um, not a superstar, really. And Fudge is kind of a superstar, but he's been there during his come up, you know? And, uh, you know, it's Zven was swapping around. Like, it wasn't quite the same as just trying to buy the best player in every position. Um, so, I, I mean, people talk about Gen G right now, sure. Uh, I, I think that there's still room moving forward to have this kind of approach, but you do have to be maybe a little more, th more thoughtful about how they're coming together. The one thing I'll say though, is that every roster comes with some level of inherent risk. Even if it is five superstar players, like any other thing can go wrong in terms of like synergy or someone has a slump or something like that. And that risk is probably not that much different than if you had put in a younger player who you think is highly talented and has a chance for success. I think that's been demonstrated thoroughly over the years is that like you can put three out of five superstars together and have two younger players or one younger player and it looks just as good as a super team. Um, that's been done dozens of times by Cloud9 themselves. You can even argue what Berserker stepped into is a similar situation. Um, tactical coming in initially, I know people are not thrilled with Tactical recently, but uh, he did pretty good when he first came in, stuff like that. So, like, um, I do think the idea that, like, you need five out of five superstar studs might be over overrated. Biofrost, as an example, like, I don't know. There, there's countless examples of, like, a lot of veterans, and then a rookie can come in and fill the gap decently well. Well, I think, you know, another reason against it right now is uh, 
the fans just don't like it anymore. Like they actually get kind of bitter and they're they're frustrated. And I think part of that is because super teams, um, if they don't work, they tend to have a lot of churn. And especially we've talked a lot about, and I've talked a lot about, about roster turnover. And like, do we all think those five players on Team Liquid are going to be playing in LCS next year? I, I don't know, but I probably not on TL if they are. And I think I would bet at least two of them go back to LEC. And again, it goes back to the same old, same old stuff where like, like I was really worried when one thing I was worried about with EG um, potentially not making worlds and they were, you know, one game away from not making worlds was what happens if inspired who I think only has a one year contract is like, fuck it. I'm going to go back to Europe. And then he won MVP. And what we had was two MVPs for this year who both left immediately at the end of, or, you know, well, one in spring and one in summer, or immediately right after they get MVP. Um, and so I think that that's also one of the challenges, right? Is like, I have far more faith that the players that are on C9 right now will be playing in the league next year. Same with, um, with Team Liquid, or sorry, same with eg same with like obviously they qualified for worlds which increases the chances inherently but it's just it's a situation where it's like the perks thing right like perks came over things didn't work out they fuck off and it's just not good for the league um and in my opinion so that's one of the reasons why i do hope that we start to see kind of an end to it that being said i think tl ironically played a pretty good villain this year in a world where tsm disappeared right like I think previously TSM was the team that people like to root against. This year it became TL, and uh, and so there's something to be said about the fact that like that was they became that team and they were able to contribute to the league with that role because I do think leagues benefit from having at least a, a villain, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, Revenge? Did you? I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I was just gonna say, yeah, it was it was definitely fun having TL in the league because everyone kind of viewed their ceiling as really really high. So comparing yourselves to them was like, in a way, they were always like a benchmark, I feel like, for a lot of teams, especially even in scrims. And then people kind of started to realize, hmm, maybe this team's not like as insane as we thought it would be, right? Like, they're good, but they're not like destroying every team in the league, for example, every week, right? And, and they're not like, like people before the season started, the talks were like crazy. Like people thought Han's score were just going to like, completely dominate every bot lane in the entire league every single game it was not even going to be close and then people kind of start seeing the cracks and then that's when i guess like the downfall happened and people kind of became bitter right but like before that it was kind of like it was kind of fun right like especially just competing against them you just thought oh wow like this is crazy beating this team would be crazy or like just versing this team in screams is crazy right and like i don't know that was kind of exciting but I yeah, I mean, yeah. even even the point you said about like them rolling scrims is like they still had insane early games even all throughout like the year. Even even into their playoff run, they <laughs> they were still that team that would get one two K gold leads and then kind of just like lose them over time. So like, I think that speaks to the fact that all five players are pretty talented at least that they like will almost always get gold leads. But then the it, the sum is definitely less than the parts. I mean this the. I know that there was this joke on the LCS broadcast about this, but it, they were a pretty good team in the LCS, right? Like, I think we, I don't want that to get lost because, like, if you look at LEC, you had Vitality, right? Um, and on the other hand, TL was one game away from making it, and C9's, like, sort of sudden 
Jensen, fuck it, I'm going to Worlds as always, like mode that turned on in playoffs is really what stopped them <laughs> from being to go. And that's not, not, it's not making excuses for them, right? But like they were one game away from a world where we were not having this conversation at all. So I think that does kind of help Green Tea Ho a little bit. Twice, um, by the way. Twice. Give that, like, could it be yeah, 100 yeah. Thieves too? Yeah. Like yeah. actually, they were, they were one game away twice. Yes. Like, so I think that um, does that does kind of help Green Tea Ho here a little bit. Like Green Green Tea, if your if your argument had been like everyone's kind of over exaggerating on this, like they were a world like uh, you know almost at Worlds, like this was not a terrible team. Um, you know I could see that. Also, they were they they were less than one game away in a world where LCS got the fourth World spot instead of LEC. Uh, they would they would have been going so. It's, oh, uh, God. Uh, it's so funny. All right, so, so here's a bit of a hot take. I, yeah. I'm curious what Revenge thinks, but I'm kind of glad TL is not going. The whole So there's, there's a couple things here. One, like every series went to five games. TSMEG went five games. And I'm not about to suggest that TSM should have gone to Worlds, you know? So like the fact that TL pushed the people to five games, it's just been a weird playoffs where like everyone goes to five games. CLG went to five games against... C9. They're the team that had the closest series against C9 thus far in playoffs, you know? I'm not about to make the case that, like, CLG um, uh, was actually... Yeah, yeah I don't want to be, like, a dooms person, doomsday person or whatever, but I feel like if the NA teams play like they played in playoffs at Worlds internationally... All right, all right, we're not talking about that yet. Okay, no, no. I'm so, just going to say it's going to be, like, the worst showing NA has probably ever had. So, so I really hope, you know, yeah. I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth, dude, because that's where I was going with this was like EG is obviously somewhat on fire or at least like we're in that series. And I, I don't want to like shade Danny or anything, but like we had heard rumblings behind the scenes even before that series that like something serious was going on with EG. Um, and you could just see it on his face over the course of that series. And then when he won, you know, like he, he cried and stuff like had a little breakdown or whatever. And like obviously he knew that he was like this was the last series and i think you i don't know why you cry it could have been happy that he helped his team get to to worlds before he he stepped back or whatever but like that was a team that was struggling in playoffs imploding and team liquid couldn't beat them and i'm watching their macro in that series just doing like the worst herald setups their lane assignments are all over the place i'm watching jinx and orn try and run to the same lane get halfway across the map before the orn turns around you know like team liquid was a disaster and i'm glad they didn't go to worlds i think eg has the chance to improve now that like cowrie's stepping in and uh, maybe danny will come back with a me like refresh mental state i don't know but like if team liquid couldn't limp past a, a battered up eg then i i don't want tl at worlds i watched that series i didn't want them at worlds it would have been a, a disaster Imagine them in play-ins. I bet they wouldn't have gotten out of play-ins if you, you may if you took that team and maybe, maybe they massively improved in preparation for Worlds, but like yeah, the level right. they were that, playing at, it's, it's always hard to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I actually agree for the most part. I just think that the, the level that we were seeing and even the EGTSM series, the CLG TL series, it was like really concerning. Like I I do think right. Like EG kind of has a valid excuse from what you were saying in a way. Um, not to like put it all on Danny or anything, but it's yeah. just, it, it, it's not only on Danny. I think I think like even as a team, they were just off, right? Their team fighting was off. This was a team where I felt like beating them in team fights was like it looked um, impossible during the regular split. They were even better than Hundred Thieves at it um, for the most part. So it was like 
pretty crazy. And then the things we were seeing in the TSM series and the things we were seeing in the TL series, it was just like, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I do. I do think that um, um, EG has a way higher chance to improve than TL, just based on how the regular season went and the whole playoffs went. But I also will say that I do think C9 is definitely looking like the best team in LA right now. And I do think that. So, I mean, do we have a C9 take? Because we're kind of wandering off off topic. Sorry, now. yeah, yeah. That, sure that, that that's, not, that's for another thing. But we're not just yeah. roaming. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Neath, uh, you walked in first. So, any any final thoughts on this? And then I'll give you a separate shout out section. Uh, yeah. So I just thought like Mark had a good point when he was saying that even though TL had like one game away from Worlds or whatever, that like like they still could have gone, but like when you're a group of veterans, you should have that clutch factor uh, to them. That's like, they just gain over experience, but like they weren't able to be clutch when they needed it. So yeah, they didn't deserve to go or the team dynamic just didn't work out like that. Uh, Green Tea Ho, how about you? Any any thoughts here before I give you guys shout outs? Um, I agree with a lot of what you said, but I just wanted to be clear that I just think that they should continue trying to like their strategy for next year. I, I do think like, yeah, this year was a failure and um, not necessarily everyone in the league should be trying to replicate that. But I think it is interesting to have a team that essentially brings like super high name imports and just new names in the league, you know? Yeah, also, we get, the, I would say I we get enough new names in the league, but but <laughs> I do I do hear what you're saying about, um, like it, it maybe it is kind of fun to have a team that is the like all the superstars on it and and is exciting to watch like i think or, or to cheer against or root against i think i think that's a fair a fair point okay neath shout outs before we go on to a quick break uh yeah just shout out to you guys for bringing me back on after my hot trash take last time about the the ls drama or whatever so thanks for that I, yep. To be honest, I I didn't even recognize your name. If you no, told me, okay. <laughs> if you didn't tell me that you didn't have a trash take, you didn't have a trash take. I don't yeah. know. Okay, no, how about good. you, uh, Green Tea Ho? Uh, Cat for Kobe. Oh God. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's to uh, we're gonna do a quick break, and then I want to um, I want to ask Mark and Revenge a question that I've been talking to Kobe and um, and Emily about. We might have talked about it earlier today, Mark. I forget. Uh, anyway. We're going to first talk about Alienware. Alienware is uh, my tremendous sponsor for so much of what I do, including Hotline League here with me and Mark. We love their products. Uh, fantastic. I'm going to be traveling for Worlds and Chicago coming up soon, and I'm so excited to have their notebooks uh, with me for Chicago when I fly tomorrow. I'm flying tomorrow, going in early to see some friends. Uh, I'm going to be bringing my Alienware X14, and I have to say... It might be my favorite notebook I've ever had, uh, which is a little ironic because it is not like the big boy, super, super powerhouse gaming notebook. What instead it is, is this amazing uh, gaming notebook with good power that I can get stuff done. I can play games with and all that stuff and a slim 14 inch form factor. It is so great. I played uh, the entire chapter two of the Archon Quest and Genshin in bed with that thing. Uh, it's going to be so cool to bring with me to Chicago. I actually love it. So I would just say like, if you're looking for a really great experience um, in terms of having a portable machine that can game, that's something that, you know, I think for some of you guys, you might want the X17 if you're 
going back and forth between college and home or you want maybe something that feels more like a desktop replacement but uh for for this type of thing where it's like i'm going away for a weekend or whatever oh man i love that x14 so anyway go check it out it's at uh, alienware.com slash travis uh you can if you use that link it's actually so so helpful um because uh, a cut of that will go to helping us cover world's expenses so thank you so much to alienware for sponsoring the show and yeah we love to we love to see it mark yeah did i ask you about the series going so close did we talk about that earlier today about the five game series and what's up and why why this oh we did because i brought it up in the context of group stage okay here i'll i'll pose it to uh, you guys as if it's brand new because mark seems confused all right so revenge and mark we have seen across so many different leagues series go to four or even i think most often five games uh not just in lcs but my understanding this has happened a ton in the other leagues as well i know lck finals was a little different but <laughs> what is it there's kind of two ways to explain this one either all the teams in all of league got way more competitive with each other overnight and it's got way closer or there is something about the meta or this patch which is creating a scenario where the best team does not win as often as they used to in a single game right because otherwise why you know if, if it was always the case where you where if, if it was the same as previous years you would expect playoffs to be pretty close to kind of where it is where you get some you know clean sweeps some not etc cetera, etc cetera. but um e again either all the teams and all these different leagues have gotten way closer in terms of skill or the game has gotten way more flat in showing that skill or being able to express it so i'm curious from both of you guys what you think is going on uh, because it's been something i've been thinking about since sunday i'll let revenge go first yeah I, I lay down um, the law well it's actually two things that happened it's well i guess three it's the durability change it's the dragon change and it's the herald change they actually did uh fundamentally change how league is played and the thing is it's actually uh, a huge advantage to teams that uh I guess you could say aren't the best at macro and haven't been coached certain things over the years. So like, I, I guess you could say it's it's a it's a good thing for teams like CLG, for example, or less veteran teams because um, to win games now you have to team fight around objectives, and it doesn't really matter as much the like or macro. I guess is a lot easier now, in my opinion, because of that. It's especially easier around Rift and early game. I just feel like now. You pretty much can just decide games on like a third dragon for example even if you are down gold two to three k or something based on bad macro or bad laning and i think that that's a big reason that we see a lot of comebacks now games going to game five it's like yeah you, i guess skill expression has changed but it's just you, you can't really coach team fighting that well in my opinion so it's, it's kind of in, in the moment thing so you kind of see certain players shining more than others in my opinion and this team's taking games closer so mark yeah. you're gonna lay down um, the i know i was joking when i said that i don't really have strong opinions <laughs> on why it's the case uh people talk about blue side meta it it kind of is i think uh there's not a ton of great counter picks in any lane but top uh there's a lot of like handshaking bot lane matchups where um unless one team is willing to opt into the early aggro side um they're mostly like scaling to two of the three items um, like there's the Dravens and Callistas, but if you don't play that, 
it's not like that crazy. Mid lane counter picks don't feel very. Um, when I say counter picks, I don't necessarily mean like you can't find a champion that does really well into the enemy team comp, but it's not like, oh, you pick that, I pick this, and you're slammed in lane now, GG. Um, top lane has some, which Mo was actually talking quite a bit about. And how Mo's revenge, by the way. Mark can say that Mo's revenge. Friends. We're yeah. tight like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's <laughs> awesome. uh, but but uh, revenge was talking a lot about how like there are counter picks to the current meta champions, but a lot of people don't seem to be playing them. And so then like your top lane counters are not always explored, even if they do exist. Or like Fudge does. Was... Fudge does. Let me just say, Fudge does. So Fudge is the exception. I think it's a big reason why C9 is definitively shitting on kids in playoffs is they have the best champion pool. Um, Jensen can bust out these champions. Like I'm saying, that may not be exact lane counters, but should in theory do really well in the enemy team comps. Um, Fudge will slam lane with his counter picks and then like make the game kind of about him. Obviously they play the, those scaling marksmen very well and can play team fighting extremely well. And Blabber has his own like, you know, unique little picks and stuff that can help run over an early game. So. Um, it feels like maybe champion pools, you could also say, have been put to the test a little bit. Like, there's a very clear standard that prioritizes blue side, and if you're not willing to branch outside of that or you're not good at it, then you're going to struggle. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it is definitely... The durability patch really, I think, hurt teams who had, for years, been able to, like, win off of what Mo's kind of talking about with, like, you slam lane and then you strangle them with better macro, and it's kind of like, I don't know, feels feels a little less important or something. Or, like, you can always just scale and team fight or something. Okay, quick follow-up to this, then. Should groups be really chaotic this year? Because groups are just all these best-of-ones, right? Like, we, we've seen best-of-fives go to five games. We've seen unexpected things happen, like... Uh, should we expect groups to actually also have a bunch of weird upsets? And given how few games get played there, are we going to expect teams to slip through? Well, potentially, yeah, right? I, I mean, I think I think team fighting is a mix of a few things. It's in-the-moment game sense, and it's, it's uh, primarily mechanics as well. Um, so I'm actually a little worried about how NA is going to do internationally. It's why I'm happy that teams like EG and 100 Thieves especially are going. Uh, at least EG in form, I was hoping, because I feel like these teams were showing throughout the whole year the best team fighting and uh, individual player mechanics as well. Um, C9 as well, like I, I did give props to C9 recently, but it's just like, I, I just think that the, the team, especially uh, LPL and LCK teams are just really, really good at those things specifically. and. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch. Like, I mean, should we be uh, less worried I'm, I'm though? Because curious. the game feels a little bit more coin flippy. It's NA meta, baby. Anything can happen. That's Honestly, what I mean. yeah, like, yeah. It, I, I, like that's yeah, that's true too. I like, think maybe. there's a reason to have hope. Yeah. Like, I am getting hope not because I think our teams are better, but because I think the game is a little more random right now. Right? Like, I've watched all these playoffs in the years, and usually you see a bunch of three O stomps because one team's just better. I believe one team is still just better, but those games are going to five games. And in a best of one group stage or, you know, whatever, two games played across groups, like, I feel like if the game is more random and crazier things can happen, this is North America's year. We're getting three teams out of groups, baby. I mean, Marks, you said it, right? Getting punished out of lane is not really, like, a huge thing anymore in this meta. Uh, maybe a bit top lane, but not as much. I do think that does heavily favor NA, 
Like, I'm just saying. It definitely does, and I'll get some hopium for that. Like, yeah, whenever whenever we crush it at Worlds this year, everyone remember this conversation that I started on this show. Uh, we could we could get back into callers now. Um, I don't want okay. to derail us too much, but I wanted to ask about it. Okay, off Mark goes. Thank you to where are we? Uh, Pizza Messiah, Riot Wafflefoot. So many things for fifty five zero months. You smell like eggs. All the dog raging pianist. It's Kyler Ari Waddle for four years. Thank you, Ari. Jaffe, uh, Power of Ramen, Cherry Lace for another four years. Uh, and Mark is back with your boy Trev Dean. Hey. Your boy Trev Dean, where are you calling from? Hello, I'm calling from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. South Dakota. I don't. We don't get too many South Dakota callers on the on the show. So glad to have you. What do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah. So. Um... My take was that I think that Spika going into the offseason, there's a lot of teams that are going to be looking to pick him up. And the best and most likely landing place, uh, if they're willing to spend it, would probably be FlyQuest. Um, and I can go and elaborate a little bit more if you would like. Not the first place I would have expected somebody to say. Um, but yeah, go go ahead. And just quickly, Mark, is this our Spika call? Or we have gonna... two speaker calls, okay, kind okay. of. Well, okay. we I guess we have this one, and then we have a TSM call about something else. Okay, okay, cool. Okay, sorry. Continue on, your boy Trev. Why FlyQuest? Yeah, so um, I just think that FlyQuest right now, uh, you kind of watched their performance this year, and there was a couple things that like stuck out. Like Obviously, Takui was a monster, and Apro was just a really strong voice on the team from what we saw. Um, but Jose looked a little bit hot and cold. Um, as like a FlyQuest fan, you know, that's one of the big criticisms that we've been having in our like fan discord um and i think Spika, he didn't have like his best year but he still had a lot of highs and his lows didn't seem as low so i think that Spika going there would just be able to help add an extra strong voice and extra stability that that team currently just isn't quite getting yeah I see a bunch of people in chat saying isn't FlyQuest selling i don't think that there's been I have not heard anything very official about it, and I don't. I don't think Mr. Beast is coming in next year. So I don't. We're just. We're gonna have this conversation as if FlyQuest is is still here. Well, even uh, if let's say someone did buy their spot, they they would buy the contracts as well at that point. So the caller, even if it's a FlyQuest change of org, in theory, they would still have the same lineup. So yeah, point still stands. Okay, so uh, I don't know. I got. Hmm. Does Spika want to go to FlyQuest? Like, my bigger question, your boy Trev, is, like, what are his other options? Because... Well, yeah, there was ahead. one other option that got opened up with this. Um, right now, my understanding is that Jose is still taking an import slot uh, for FlyQuest. So if he goes there, then he still has Afro. He would have Dukui, who's, like, top five MVP voting, like, clearly one of the better mids in the league. And then that would open up an import slot if they wanted to do something with... Johnson had a good year, but if they want to do something with ADC, if they want to do something with top lane, give Philip a little bit more time. Okay, but what's the other um, option? Just opening that import slot as well could be a move they could make. Yeah, but I was talking about other teams. Maybe there was some confusion. I was talking about like where could, where else could speak a oh, go? Well, there's that's a bigger this team called uh, Team Liquid, which has deep pockets and just busted out a world. So I don't think Team Liquid get rid of Santorin. I think Santorin's too rock solid. So is there? I I'm curious, and I'll just I'll just say it. Revenge and Mark, is there like a, because I know there's like rumors behind the scenes. I'm not trying to like say start, like these are just sort of weird scuttlebutt things that have happened for the past year. There's no, this is not like an off season 
official rumor, but there was always a lot of people who were suggesting that Santorin, this might be his final year. And so I think that's the bigger question is, is Santorin going to keep playing next year? I hope he does. I really like Santorin. I think he's a great player, and I'm not saying that he said anything or whatever, but I feel like this is kind of like the weird thing that people kind of talk about behind the scenes, similar to like a Mr. Beast buying FlyQuest, similar to, I don't know, all these random things where just kind of like out there, but not really out there. Um, so I, think I don't know. I never heard that. Uh, you've never, wait, Mark, we've talked about this. I think, I think I, I'll, I won't go too into it since I'm close with him. Um, but I just know that he will always look at his health and then decide like that was even the case this year, right? Like he did have that, uh, break in his career with his health and, uh, it, it improved. So he kept playing this year. Right. So I think that it's going to come down to that probably. But he's super mo- he is a super motivated person, and I know that he wanted to achieve winning finals, right? And I feel like knowing him as a person, I doubt he's going to end without doing that. But then again, it was like losing on TL this year. It's kind of, you know, pretty tough. He didn't make finals in either split, Wait, yeah. Make- oh, yeah. Spring no. or summer. So that's just, I mean, that might take a really big hit, right? Like, you never really know. And then... To the caller's point about, um, like, you know, when you say, oh, TL will never get rid of Centaurin, he was their best performing player. Um, people do have to keep in mind when the offseason begins that performance isn't always necessarily rated the highest thing when you're talking about keeping a team and building a team. Uh, that sounds troll to say, but it's like um, things like personality, whether the, the player liked being there, whether that player wants to play with the new people that you're getting or things like that, right? And the GMs decide those things. Uh, even the players that are staying decide those things, right? Um, but you'd be surprised. Like, player performance doesn't actually, like, trump everything, right? Like, like yeah, Santorin was the best player in their series, their last two series. Does that just make him, like, untouchable? Their, like, MVP and untouchable? No. Like, that's not how that's not how GMing works in esports. Uh, it's, not, it's just not how things work at all. Um, it's very easy to imagine a world where Bjergsen goes, I liked playing with Spica more last time I played. I want Spica, you know? Like, that <laughs> That was two years ago that they won a title together. You know, like, it's not that weird to think they do it again. Yeah. Right. I... Uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Revenge. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not saying this. Agree. Agree. I think... I know this is, like, very, very pre-off-season talk, but I actually feel like... I feel like off-season might be kind of... Oh, God, I hate saying this because I feel like it's such a bad idea to say it. I feel like off-season might be kind of boring this year because I feel like there's a lot of spaces that are getting... and teams that are getting kind of locked. Like, okay, let's just talk through this. It's really not in the off-season yet, man. Why you got to be already negging the off-season? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it could be... I think it could be really... I think there could still be some interesting stuff, but compared to... Pre- like, think about it this way. There's. I feel like there's a pretty good chance Hunter T doesn't make changes again. Unless they like blow up this weekend, or they go to world like they go to worlds, and there's just one player that's really like dragging the team down. Like, let's say they they win this weekend, and then they get out of groups. Like, you might just keep that roster. I feel like C9. I mean, Jack has often made the most controversial changes where he transfers, uh, like players to some like maybe he could sell Berserker at some point in time or something, but. I, I feel like C- this C9 roster probably shouldn't see too many changes and he should feel pretty gun-shy after how the last two years went. This is also a fairly affordable roster. All the, the money's coming down from the top teams. I don't think Steve's going to spend the same way that he did previously. Like, 
I just I we've talked about how I think CLG should probably maintain the same roster. I just think that like it's going to be tougher for players to move around and or for players to find like other players to find spots. I think. I think even EG. Uh, I think you're you're wrong and, and you're boring. I think uh, TL. <laughs> TL Academy is going to be cool. Like I'm excited to see where they go. TL is definitely going to rebuild. T TSM is going to rebuild, even if they don't go full like super team mode. Like that's not their lineup right there. You know, like obviously Speak is already out. There's a, a number of teams that are going to make changes, even if four teams that are good don't. You know? Yeah, but that's but the the my point is the most interesting stuff usually happens at the top of the league, and when we're talking about where Speak is going to go. I'm not saying that he's not going to end up on a top team. I'm just saying it doesn't feel as much of a shoe-in as it did previously. Mark's not listening. He's just looking at Twitch chat. Um, well, okay. Twitter. I'm going to I'm gonna say to your point, Travis, I kind of agree with you in the sense that it's not going to be as, like, random or I don't really see there being that many, like, wow factors. Like, like for example, last offseason we had, like, Bjergsen leaving TL. Or, sorry, Bjergsen leaving TSM. Where was he going? And then... All of a sudden, TL getting Hansama and Blippo, and everyone's like, "What? Like, what the hell's going on?" You know. And now they have the super team, and then it was also like, "Oh, is EG gonna keep JoJo? What are they gonna do? Or are they gonna promote JoJo rather?" Right? Like, there was a lot more, like unknowns last. Uh, I guess you could say in the last off season, like crazy unknowns. I feel like this one, a lot of things that will happen might seem a bit more expected or like they make sense. At least that's my feeling. But then you never know, right? Like, people can just like lose their minds after worlds right like it, it always happens right like think people just completely change their minds um like you said maybe 100 thieves has a few players that underperform or like they don't do as well in worlds and now suddenly they're making like big changes right or vice versa it, it's just worlds does matter for the top teams and the top teams kind of generally decide everything because they have the most budget in the offseason so yeah, here, here's what I will say. I think there's going to be less open spaces than we've ever had before and more people competing for them. That is that is sort of my my take. And less money. I think teams are going to spend less. So anyway, to bring it back to the Speaker yeah. thing, I think Speaker there's a good... Speaker to FlyQuest, good move. If FlyQuest can pull it off, I don't know if Speaker's going to go there. Um, but even that, I'd say there's still like another move away from title contention, even with Speaker joining there. Yeah. Bring hey, back you say don't. Don't? <laughs> You're saying don't do it to Spica? Revenge? I'm saying doubt. I'm saying oh, doubt. doubt. I just doubt. I doubt. Like, where do you, if know. you had to guess where he would go, where would he, where do you think? Revenge? Um, I mean. Immortals. <laughs> I mean, without, without, I guess, uh, and I know, I know some things. I don't want to, I guess, spoil what I know, but I would guess, like, I mean, the TL, I guess, is actually pretty good, I would say, just because I feel like, I mean, as you said, that's kind of like a pretty good rumor that people are saying, but uh, other than that, I don't know. I actually don't know. I actually don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's the TL, challenge. It's just really hard to figure out, you know? TL just yeah. getting TSM hand-me-downs now. Maybe if Inspired Jerry decides soon. to leave or something. He's only been here for, well, I think his contract's only for a year, so I don't know. Maybe he does decide to go back. I, who knows? Um, <laughs> I mean, that's... I mean, exactly. You, you actually never know. Inspired can yeah. just say, I miss home, and goes yeah. back to you. Like, and then, it wouldn't and be the first high-profile European to go back after one year. All right, your boy Trev, uh, anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, yeah, I just want to real quick shout out 
you guys for always making Hotline League and making it always, you know, one of the most entertaining, one of the best weekly League of Legends podcasts that I get to see. Uh, hopefully, North America doesn't bust her out a group stage, and hopefully, NA has an awesome performance at Worlds. Thank you so much. How are you going? Uh, Quick correction: um, Night Fiend in the chat, who is Andrew Barton from uh, from EG, has said Inspired is on a three-year deal. So I'm sorry. I was about to say everyone is signed through 2024 except Impact, who's up this year. Okay. I'm probably going to get the bag. There you go. Uh, my apologies then. Okay. Um, should we grab the next caller? Yes, sir. Uh, let's see. Thank you, Tim, for the shout out. I don't know where that's coming from, but I appreciate it in the chat. Okay. Uh, last samurai for the eight months, Dr. Professor Sergeant, Mr. J cherry lace. I think I got you already. Uh, Latigris, Pluto, seven, four, four, three, 54 months, beef stews, fishy, manly Muppet apples on my fries and po Pacho McPach. Okay. Lest Force is here. Lest Force, where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland. What do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so my take would have been a little bit uh, more defined a couple hours ago before the speaker news, but I think regardless of what else happens with TSM's offseason, um, I think that Chime has proven that he deserves a spot in the LCS in 2023. Um, in spite of everything that was going on with that team throughout the entire year, lane swaps during playoffs during the season i think that he was consistently performing at a high level with speaker is this our rtsm take mark yes sir okay uh so i want to see if i could pull up this comment that i thought was really good on reddit and i am stalling right now while i look for it so mark why don't you take up the mantle for a second Okay, that was an awkward. Uh, I definitely think Chime was a stud when he came in. I think there was a period of time where I, I don't want to like shade Instinct too hard because I, I just don't think he was put into a great position and probably brought up before he was 100% ready. Uh, but I don't think that it played to Chime's strengths of being like a playmaker and a roamer. Um, Azale and I were digging around in the stats just trying to like try and build up TSM a little bit when we were going into the TSM EG series and like Instinct had some of the lowest laning stats in terms of like CSD gold difference 4% but he also had the highest jungle proximity because they would just get pushed in and then Speak would have to hover around bot lane and play around them and then Tactical had some of the highest gold difference 4% and whatnot and had half the jungle proximity because <laughs> you can actually go roam and like make plays when you get shove in lane and start working with your support. So um, I think that Chime proved how good he can be. He won player of the series. I forget which one it was. Might've been the, the FlyQuest series. Um, but yeah, he, uh, I think he's really good. And I'm excited to see him stick around. I guess it just begs the question of his TSM going like scrappy CLG route with their, their roster building and trying to pick up like members of TLA or something like that. Or are they going to go try and secure some big names i mean not being able if if the rumored screenshot or that supposed screenshot of Spica saying they only offered 100k more or whatever it I, I feel like that means they're likely to go far more scrappy um it seems like the org has a little less faith in the league at the moment and so i feel like that probably actually does work out kind of well for time because they're not likely to go replace him with a sword art or something. Um, What's your goddamn Reddit post? 
Okay, calm down, Mr. Mark. Uh, the Reddit post was this. Somebody in the speaker thread said, Why is there ev- what point is there in even being a TSM fan anymore? And this person replied, quote, Every day at TSM is a banger. I'll accept basically any criticism of the org since it's usually deserved, but the fact is the org is a lot more entertaining than others. Only TSM can have nine roster changes, huge staff changes, a band owner, have our iconic player leave, have a coach basically stealing money and internationally citing bad or intentionally citing bad players and still put out a good fight in playoffs in a single year. And it was the first time where I'd just seen everything that had happened to them in the past year listed in one block of text. I feel like there's probably even a couple more things that could have been added in there. My point is any player who is playing in an org that was going through all of that shit this year and still managed to look half decent probably deserves an LCS spot. So I'm super down for time to stick around because I feel like people probably did not, they probably were a little too critical of the players given everything that was going on in what seemed like a incredibly explosive environment. Um, and, and so I, I give a ton of this credit, credit to all those players. And I think, um, for the ones that didn't look good, you should probably give extra points. And for the ones that did, you should probably consider making sure that they stay on an LCS team next year. That's my take. Well, I, I I could say, um, at least from what I heard, um, the TSM environment was toward the end was a lot better. Uh, like leading up to playoffs and in playoffs, it was a lot better, but yeah. Uh, How was it before then? Did about... you hear about before then? How was it before? Yeah, playoffs? yeah, that was it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Just <laughs> things I heard is pretty bad. People are going through some shit. That's for sure. I mean, the Reddit, the Reddit posts, <laughs> the Reddit posts, was, yeah, kind of summed it up. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, people don't even know. I mean, and the thing is, players can't really talk about it much. Uh, it's kind of in their contracts, and uh, it's kind of like a. I, I guess a lot of things are said behind the scenes about orgs and how they're and how they're being treated as players, and those things actually do really matter. Uh, so fans do judge a lot from the outside, but they don't really always know what's happening inside. Uh, yeah, but what's happening inside an org definitely affects a team's performance quite a lot. I'll just say that. Yeah, um, that's always relevant, I think, for fans to hear. Uh, I mean, imagine you've I been also... struggling to get your shit together as a team and then suddenly one of the coaching staff starts asking you for money and trying to steal it and then giving it like that is a distraction to your weekly scrim environment the speaker showed up in chat and said what did you hear revenge there you go he's giving you permission to spill whatever tea you heard it's uh, speaker's hey, but he's now. not on, he's not on tsm anymore so well neither are you so there you go <laughs> It, uh, God, the funniest one was Palafox came on here. He just he just shit talked uh, some old FlyQuest days. So you know, yeah, he's, he's still kicking. I mean, he that's the best example gotta... of it, right? Is like you hear the I'll offer you three hundred bucks to say what you hear. You take me how to about, Rodeo. How old is Immortals you... paying you? Uh, revenge. How, what if you take me to Rodeo? What if you take me to Rodeo? Speaker in the chat right now offering. Uh, revenge three hundred dollars. Some, some people are pitching in. <laughs> Bean Jean said, or Ben. Yeah. Jean. We're gonna crowdfund Revenge's uh, thing. I on the side, we're gonna start. Revenge is gonna get a DM from Dominic at TSM offering him five hundred dollars, not to say <laughs> what he said. It's gonna be a bit. <laughs> the bidding war between uh, another one, which is which, which is your hush money. So whichever GoFundMe goes higher is the one that you end up going with. Yeah. Uh, 
That's what Andy's going to have to sell his house for. Um, okay, so... Uh, I Where did we leave this on? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think Chime deserves a spot in the LCS. He se certainly seemed to play pretty well. He didn't do very well in my surprise test, but that's okay. Uh, and I'm happy to see Spika in the chat. Spika, now that you're here, I requested an interview with you and TSM denied it during playoffs. Uh, so hopefully we could do something during the offseason or get you on Hotline League or something. Free uh, D. That would be cool. Speaker, freed speaker. Yeah. You can come on your stuff now. Uh, I didn't even, by the way, that Reddit post didn't even mention the, the Twitter drama from this past weekend. I completely oh, forgot I, about that. I forgot about that until someone even, in chat just mentioned it. Even while the games are going. Um, yeah, exactly. That one was, was just was, too funny. Yeah. Oh. Oh, God, it is true. TSM is the entertainment org. I agree with that. Um, all right, Lest Force. I know we, we got super derailed on your take, but anything you want to shout out uh, here at the end? Yeah, I'll obviously shout out you guys for continuing to put out uh, great content. And then uh, shout out Revenge. Um, the last time I was on the show, I kind of got grailed for uh, being the lone Immortals fan in the community. I was on with Jet. Um, big big fan uh, pretty much from your first ever game uh, on the spring roster when you solo killed the uh, lame King Alfari. Um, hope to see you back on Immortals next year and hopefully... Uh, things are looking up for 2023 oh thank you man i appreciate that yeah. always, thanks less force always nice to hear thank you thank you all right let's grab another caller mark is off to find somebody thank you to that baked potato for the sub thanks everyone for tuning in it's so funny we get we literally we're up close to well we got good viewership last week because uh lcs commissioner came in but uh, we have twice what we had earlier. So playoffs, I guess, bring in the heat and all the big news. Um, but man, yeah, I don't know. Re Revenge, what was your reaction when you saw the speaker news? Because we didn't really talk directly about it. Were um, you surprised at all? Uh, to be honest, truthfully, uh, it was kind of a, a, an inside rumor. A lot of people kind of knew, to be honest, in the scene. Uh, I don't know how. It caught spread, but it was just a rumor. So when it came out, I was kind of like, "Oh, I guess that confirms the rumor." Yeah. Um, I don't know. Think a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of things spread. Everyone knew but me. I mean, I don't know. It was just a rumor. It was just a rumor. I, I don't think. <laughs> Wait, what did what what rumor are you talking about? This, what are you I asked here? him. I asked him if he was surprised when the news hit and uh, about Spica and revenge that it had like been a anyone, I don't think anyone in the scene, like in, in terms of players, like pro players was surprised. I think, I, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I'll say a majority of people were probably not surprised because I mean, there's just a lot of hints at it and he didn't extend his contract. I'm pretty sure at wait, he didn't, right? He didn't extend no, his contract. No, he did not. Uh, I, yeah, was that was like the biggest tell, right? Like if he did extend his contract, then everyone would kind of have been like, oh, I don't know. but. Like, I don't know if TSM's going to sell him or something, but yeah, the fact that he didn't extend his contract last year was kind of like a, oh, he's probably... I mean, you had Doublelift on stream at the beginning of this year or towards the end of last, I forget, basically saying that he wanted out and making all these different statements. I know, Speaker, we're talking about you as if you're not in the chat. I'm sorry, but... I mean, Doublelift leaking, yeah, I mean, Doublelift kind of, yeah. I mean, when the whole well, Reggie thing was happening, that was kind of funny, too. Speaker yeah. kind of was like a hostage in a way like he kind of came off as like a hostage between a hostage mom and dad situation. you know just yeah yeah I mean, it, was kinda, it was kind of obvious that he wasn't staying at least from my pov so that was also a big tell i yeah. i think a lot of people were speculating before the year even started that he might be gone by the end of the year and then like the spring split 
when <laughs> he was just thrown under the bus and no one from the org really protected him until he came out and was like, I just want a fucking jungle, man. <laughs> that was also the kind of other big moment where people were like, he's out of here at the end of the well, year. Well, okay. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm also remembering wrong, but it was like this huge phase where TSM was like only promoting speaker, speaker this, speaker that. And then all of a sudden they just like stopped like completely. <laughs> and there was like no more speaker content. Like, I felt like, yeah. I, so I don't know if that. I don't know if I'm just tripping on that. I mean, in TSM's defense, sure. they just stopped making content entirely. Like they, that was, they, like yeah. there was nothing coming up from them because things were blowing up so much. So yeah, that that's that's true too. But at the same time, they were still. I, mean, I felt like they were still showing, or like kind of promoting him, tweeting about him, making videos like about speaker specifically. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially around when he won MVP, and then they just kind of like. The yeah, most so that fascinating that, that was weird. The most fascinating thing to me about the speaker thing and then we can move on. But usually what you say is I'm still under contract, but I've been given permission to explore other options. Instead, he was actually released from his contract, which I I don't know the nature of his contract. Maybe he gets guaranteed paid out for like a couple of months or something, but it would be very fascinating if this was just like a money-saving move where now they don't have to pay like September, October, November payments or whatever, because he's been released for the final three months. And so, yeah, I just think, I think it's very funny. Vulcan in chat says no way. And I don't know what he's no weighing to. I don't know if it's by suspicion or uh, what, but. I mean, most it. people have something called severance in their contracts for at least one month. Yeah. Um, some players negotiate for two months. Uh, so that would be September and October. So they're basically paying him. They would be paying him I guess half a month less if they terminated him now, technically. Assume, assuming maybe they, they would pay him the full two yeah. months. Yeah. It is the middle of, yeah, actually, maybe they would be paying him then almost the full two months anyway. So I don't know why they did it like that. I actually don't know. Maybe he Because it's very unconventional, it's right? So that's the thing. It is pretty weird. It, it's it very unconventional. Weird. And in the, on the TSM subreddit, the GM. Say a post. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mark, go ahead. So the, in the post, the sub, the Walter says they've been discussing Speaker's contract for a while now. Dom also had a tweet saying that they couldn't come to financial like agreements, um, and so he said we intend to continue conversation with Speaker. But to be clear, he is not prevented from speaking from other teams. It'd be unfair for him to put his future in a difficult position of being subject to poaching. So basically, they're saying they're still talking with him, but he's they've also released him so that he can talk to other people and have it not be poaching. But you can release. You can have allow people to talk to other people without ending their contract. Yeah, yeah. So that's just that's just. I, I don't even know. Yeah, that's just weird to, to tweet. Like, I, I don't know what that guy's on. Okay. No anyway, offense. no thanks. <laughs> let's let's get to the next call. Let's get no to the next call. Vulcan says they're saving money. Okay. Uh, let's see. Final Nintendo Kid <laughs> is here. Final. Oh, this is a funny chat. All the pro players are here to dog on TSM. They say they're, they're saving money. And Speaker did a smiley face as well. And then Dokla says TSM would not lie, guys. Um, okay, so. <laughs> oh, oh God. I, here's what I will say. I think Dominic uh, from, from TSM does have, to what Revenge was saying earlier, all the pro players talk behind the scenes. All the teams have a reputation w among all the different pro players. I would imagine TSM's has suffered over the past 12 months. And so I do think everybody's just adding each other now. <laughs> I haven't saying anything anymore. The They're just adding yeah. each other. 
anyway, um, so uh, what, what I imagine what I imagine would happen is Dominic really needs to do a like tour of kind of re-upping the reputation of TSM amongst uh, the pro players because it's definitely I don't think what it was back in like 2016 or 2017 where you dropped everything you could to play for TSM if you could. Okay. I like how our chat has just become the place for players to poach each other. <laughs> Speaker said, how's life at CLG? I squashed my beef with Luger, by the way. <laughs> and then Jokla said, bro, CLG is good if they aren't kicking me for a couple of days after this. This, this is what over. we should do. For podcast listeners, we should just, the show now, we're no longer taking calls. We're just doing live readings of different of and pro voice players acting trying of to poach each other to different teams having conversations chat. in the twitch chat okay hey well it's, it's not poaching i mean speaker's just representing himself he's just true doing a good job yeah, yeah. he's just true. he's just being a social butterfly you know he's just yeah like he's a free thing. i got you speaker I, I got you man oh papa you. smithy adding speaker thoughts on role swap <laughs> Let the contract so negotiations begin. We'll, we'll we'll run a, an auction in Honestly, uh, in our chat for uh, Speakos contract. Next this year. makes my life so much easier because normally during the off season I have to run around and try to figure out who's talking to who. But if all of the conversations are just negotiated live in my Twitch chat during my live streams, then I just get to sit back and chill. This is fantastic. Okay, okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna ignore. I'm going to ignore, even though they're all chatting, the show's going to get super derailed if we keep looking at all these people memeing at each other. So we're going to get into the next call, which is with Final Nintendo Kid. Final Nintendo Kid, where are you calling from? I'm calling in from San Francisco, California. San Francisco. And you've been on the show before, right? I have, yes. Um, we, I, I'm glad to have you here. You're a little quiet if you can get a little closer to your microphone. I've got you at okay. 200%, but... Um, right. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I want to talk about how Kaori subbing in is the best move evil geniuses can make for both finals and for worlds. Okay. Out of any move they could make? Yeah, out of any move. Okay. I, how do you define any move they can make? Because, like, theoretically, they don't have very many moves. So why why this? Uh, so I think it is... Okay, so Evil Geniuses Academy, uh, they 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 ended their uh, proving grounds run fairly early. Uh, Kari had a lot of time spent building up his uh, time in Challengers queue, uh, building up his uh, mechanics and his uh, champion pool. He's spent a lot of time still in America, building up his play, um, and. You know he's already he's still on he's still with evil geniuses and he's clearly the next best option for them and since danny has chosen of his own volition to step down at least as far as we know uh then this is the best option for them but not only i, I, not I only kind of feel like okay let's let's spice yours okay. up a little bit let's spice yours up a bit uh, let's let's go instead of like this is their best option because it sounds like it might be their only option, um, other than maybe having their coach play or something like that too. This is a great option because Kaori is going to be able to step into Danny's shoes and it's going to be fantastic and he's going to do a great job and he's demonstrated that he's a great player for a while. Does that work, Nintendo Kid? Can you get behind that? Yeah, I can get behind that. I mean, okay. if you look at his champion pool, he has uh, he's able to play a lot of the same champions that. Danny was able to play really well. He's able to play Jinx really well. He's able to play Ezreal very well, Zeri and Sever. Um, but in addition to that, he can also play Kalista, and he can play 
Draven, which he has done in competitive games before. Um, Danny, on the other hand, he's very little uh, Draven or uh, Callista play, and you can tell from the way that Evil Geniuses have drafted since the regular season in summer that Danny just, for whatever reason, can't play Callista in competitive matches. Uh, okay, so you're you're excited about the champion pool difference between Danny and Kaori. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would make a point about the stats, but Kaori's playing from Proving Grounds and Academy, so and and Danny's playing from the LCS, so the skill difference doesn't really. Yeah, the stats the stats out. don't match out. Match the stats up. don't matter. The yeah, champion yes. pool is is a yeah, yeah 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 okay yeah 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 okay Mark. Be nice. Um, Mark, what what do you think of all this? Uh, I think that this is maybe, I mean, the, the point about like what other moves do they have, it's obvious that like they don't really have any other moves for this weekend. I think the bigger question is heading into Worlds, like can Danny mental recover or is it boomed for a year? Um, and I feel like given the pressure that he's feeling, and obviously I have no inside information in this, it's probably carry the rest of the way through because you don't want an Ole situation in the middle of your tournament if they should start feeling the pressure again or something like that. Um, so I, I think it makes sense to stick with them the whole way. I, I don't think that this... I would be surprised if they can hit the same levels they hit with Danny like they did in spring and during the regular season before that the this uh, has had taken effect on him as severely. So I am a little sad for EG because I don't think that they'll hit their peaks, even if Kaori does step in and do well. But the plus side is um, this is better than Danny being forced to like limp through worlds or something like that if he's he's not feeling up for it. Um, Mark, so, Mark yeah, do, you think, I don't know. do you think EG has a chance at winning this weekend? One week is tough. I, I, I haven't watched enough Academy to know for sure, but like the things I've heard said about him and the times that I've watched him, he seems like an LCS-ready player for the most part. And it's more, my bigger concern would be like, you have less than a week to get on the same page to play 100 Thieves. Like, and not only that, but to like, welcome to the LCS. Now you're going to be on stage in front of thousands of people. At a yeah, that too. Like, there's a lot of like things that make a one-week turnaround about this very difficult, less than just Kyori's individual skill which I, that is the part that I'm less concerned about. Um, and why I also think on the plus side, at least he's getting to do some onstage shit now before he goes to Worlds, but presumably. Um, I honestly, I do think Curry's pretty good. And I think I think that AD is probably the easiest role to slot into LCS. Um, that being said, I think Danny in his peak and a lot of the EG that we think of that was like dominating was Definitely because of how good Danny was performing in team fights, and uh, I mean, it, I, I do think that that matters, you know. So I think, I think it could be a hit to, to the team if if Kauri doesn't perform because of like the the issues that you said, right? Like being on stage in, in front of a bunch of people, right? Like he was just playing from in academy. I, I don't even think they made it far enough in the season to, for him to get stage experience in academy. So it's like that can take a huge effect on his gameplay. And then on top of that, I don't think that many ADCs in the league were performing as well as Danny in team fighting when he was at his peak and um, I think I think it's going to come down to that right I do agree with the things said about his champ pool being uh, better than Danny's right now that's definitely a fact but 
Uh, we'll see, right? I mean, we'll see if the other things uh, matter more. Uh, <laughs> so someone in chat mentioned he did play in TCL, of course. Yes, but there's there's scaled stage difference as well as like pressure of the moment type thing. So uh, coming into a sub situation, playing your first games of the year on stage in front of a fairly big stage is probably concerning. And then also um, the post only said for Chicago finals weekend, yes. But we're speculating that while the post has not said more, they're also not, there's no need to say more yet, but I would be surprised if, um, you know, Danny's like, I'm feeling better a week later because uh, if they do play in play-ins, that's like two and a half weeks away. Like it's a very short turnaround from Chicago to Mexico City. Speaker, if you want to call in on the show, Twitch chat spamming it. Feel free to join. Wait, the why does Speaker want to call in? I don't think this he wants to call in, but people are all spamming it because it's like a Twitch meme. Uh, but I just want to put it out there that I'm fine to have. If he wants to call in, and we can hang out. Um, yeah, I like. Look, I think the biggest thing is just going to come down to what type of player he is, because there's definitely in the past couple of years, I feel like we've seen time and time again that there are players who are clutch players who like super rise to the challenges. I mean, talking about Kaori, by the way super rise to the challenge and can be like, they actually play way better in an environment where there's a ton of pressure put on them and they can clutch out on stage and all that stuff. And so maybe this player is that type of person who's gonna be able to go out and just like kick ass and get a Penta and do all this crazy stuff um, on the final stage. Uh, I hope for his sake and EG's sake that it's not the opposite situation where like that, that adrenaline is gonna sort of drive mistakes and and issues um because that would be very disappointing to see eg just you know get zero three or something in in chicago but again this meta is the anti zero three meta so i think we'll be fine uh either way thank you so much for the call caller uh and anything you want to shout out nintendo kid yeah i want to shout out Rubhub, who helped me while i was at uni i'm graduated now but i'm I have a soft spot for them. And also, I want to shout out uh, David Shinock. I follow him on TikTok, and honestly, he's the first content creator for like League of Legends since you, Travis, that I actually like enjoy and, and mess with. Um, also, let's all call him Shycock from now on because, because he requests a nickname, and I think that'd be a great nickname to give him. Yeah, I think I'm down with that. I'm down with that. You are very quiet, unfortunately, but shout-outs to Grubhub and David Shinock. Before the next time you call on Final Nintendo Kid, please look at uh, Alienware's headsets because I think that we might be able to hear you better with one of them or at least some of their mic situation. But it was good having you on the show. Oh, that Thank sounds you. great. Do you have a like a Do you have like a link that I can use to uh, yes to, to to get a to get a discount? Alienware.com/travis. Thank you for Thank you for asking. Um, that's a a great place for you to check it out. Either way, thanks so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Right, see you, Travis. Can you Can you read my uh, the the name of my sock brand? Uh, no, it's back. I have that sock. I have that sock. What does it say? <laughs> I, mean, I can't I like read it. it. Uh, Mark, I think we're ready for a break. Speaking of Grubhub, oh, okay. let's talk about Grubhub. So this weekend, this weekend, at the LCS finals, at FanFest, we are going to have 
represent well presumably unless any of them back out we should have representatives from all three teams participating on stage like we did in houston so it should be very fun if you want to see the team owners and team representatives all talk shit to each other come by watch in person it's at fan fest at 10 a.m chicago time if you want to watch live it will be on this stream this stream right here at 8 a.m california time or pacific time and then translate that out to whatever time is is yours this is super cool mark and i had so much fun doing this show in houston and i think it's gonna be really cool to do it again in uh, chicago i've heard that the stage and everything is even cooler this time because it, it is outside so they've been able i think to to build out something that's even bigger um so please go check it out then come say hi to me and mark and uh please also talk to me i the last time i did this there was just a line of people uh that came up to me afterwards and just said how much they love brandon sanderson novels and how much i've gotten hooked on that so uh, please feel free to do that again because it's always really cool to hear how many people get into Brandon Sanderson novels. It's very funny. Uh, either way, thank you so much to uh, Grubhub for creating that show for us um, and the spot place for us to do it. Again, 10 a.m. at FanFest on Saturday. Please be there because uh, if nobody shows up, uh, we're definitely not going to be able to keep the sponsor for next year. That would, that would be very much a bummer. Mark will have to get rid of that hat. They'll force him to get rid of it. Okay. Uh, let's get on to the next caller, shall we? Okay, Mark is off to go grab him. Thank you to Jado, Diego, Alexis, Bellavita, I'm Benny OG, Crayley58, and Aldrena Orange for gifting a sub to Spica. I'm sure he appreciates that uh, very much. Prostar, Valkyrie, Pac-9, I think I got everybody else. Fredo, Retro, maybe, maybe I didn't, but hopefully I did now. Uh, thanks, everybody for doing that. Um, Mark is not muted. He's in a different chat, but thank you, Twitch chat, for uh, keeping out for that. Um, I will be in Chicago. Is it possible to bring a take on Hotline League? Yes. Yes, we'll be taking takes from, from folks there. So, uh, really appreciate it. Numi screaming at chat and chat to tell people to show up for Live Hotline League when she will not even be uh, there for Live Hotline League. So, the I irony there. Dueling, dueling one. We have What's two takes about EG coming up. Really? Again? Yeah, because okay. someone else said they wanted to do it. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it again. All right. We have, let's introduce number one. Brandywine is here. Brandy, where are you calling from? Calling from Southern Oregon. Southern Oregon. Uh, and what is your take for tonight's call? So my take, it's not too, it's kind of in a similar vein to the last caller, but it's about EG. Um, I think that Danny stepping down is not going to negatively affect EG. And if anything, they'll be better. Um, and not because Danny is a bad player. I think he's actually an incredible player, um, but uh, who I do want to see more from. But ultimately, the EG style of play only requires someone competent in the ADC role. And as uh, Nintendo Kid pointed out, Kauri is pretty competent in the ADC role. Um, and on its own, kind of like French said, that like it, it's, it's one that can sub in a little bit easier than other roles, um, just uh, because it relies a lot more on the micro than the um, macro synergy. Um, and plus, uh, you know, as great as Danny is, playing with someone who's struggling with mental health uh, would be, you know, tough for Danny and tough for the rest of the team as well. So, yeah, that's the take. All right. Contender number two 
is Horizon Cass. Horizon, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. And what is your take? Uh, so my take is the opposite take, um, and it's that EG is probably in a lot of trouble, and Danny's kind of put them in a bad spot. Um, and it's that now that he stepped down from the starting roster, it means that they're highly likely to lose to 100 Thieves, which is um, going to force them into play-in stage and worlds. Um, and it's highly likely that they're going to be knocked out there, given the state of the game and how rough relationships will be with the team and, and, and Danny. Um, Mark kind of hit on this earlier. It's a really short time between now and the play-in stage, and they're already like fatigued from MSI, I think. Um, and I think it probably would have been better for them if they had managed to keep him in. Um, you know, there would have they would have been they wouldn't have been worse off. I think with him being in it, you know, at worst case scenario they lose and they go to play-ins anyways. Best case scenario they win, they lock in group stage, and then they have even more time to give Danny to recover. Um, but I think in the situation they're in now, it's his relationship's probably going to suffer because they're going to be looking sideways at him. Like, yeah, we're here because of of this decision. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give both of you another chance to respond to each other, and then I'm going to make Revenge decide which side he agrees with more. Re Judge Revenge will yeah, weigh yeah. in on awesome. his right. <laughs> okay, so Brandywine, you just heard Horizon's take. What do you think of it, or why do you disagree? What What are your issues with it? Yeah, so my issue is that keeping Danny in, because um, this is kind of what we're comparing, is whether we keep Danny in or whether um, we go um, and, and, and sub him out, give him a chance to uh, to recover. Um, one, it's not going to serve them very well in the immediate future um, in Chicago, uh, because partially because of uh, like the champion pool issue that um, Danny, we talked about with Danny, um, and uh, and that has also been mentioned in interviews, kind of, uh, I think, by Inspired or someone. But um, and then uh, partially because uh, the the piece of these guys haven't had any rest since spring, um, and so if you have someone who's struggling with mental health, and they haven't had a break since spring, I know that was kind of a big topic of conversation at the beginning of the split. Um, then. Uh, it's just not going to go well. Whereas this fresh person, especially since ADC as a role, you know, you kind of have to have synergy with your support. That's true, but like synergy with the rest of the team isn't um, like it's important. But it's also like as long as you can team fight well and you can, you know, take the advantages that JoJo and Inspired kind of try to feed to their bot laner, then I think like that, that someone slotted in will be as fine as you can be in that sort of situation. All right, Horizon, your thoughts. Um, so I think it's interesting when you're talking about the level of players in terms of like what, you know, EG is actually going to need. I disagree on that they only need just a basic, you know, ADC um, to kind of fill the role. EG throughout the entire year has made it very clear that Danny is one of their star players, if not the, the star player. They've spent how many games funneling resources into him and he's, you know, bought them wins with that. Um, I think that just on a pure level perspective, like his floor is higher. Um, then, you know, the ADC is going to be coming in for him and his ceiling is obviously going to be even way higher than that. Um, I think even struggling, he would be better. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, like the fatigue and, and getting set up for success. I, I think the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, when it, when push comes to shove, they're not going to be able to fight any better without Danny, um, you know, with this new ADC than they would with him. You know, the fact of the matter is, is they've, they put so much pressure, all these teams have put so much pressure on EG to kind of smash their bot lane, but Danny's been this person who's kind of been able to outplay it so much. And now they're going to see that, 
oh, oh, Danny's gone. Oh, now we can just we can just ruthlessly yank you and murder your bot lane, get fed off of it, and we can win that game because you're down a major star. You're down a carry, and I think Vulcan, you know, as great as he is, he's you know even in the best of times struggled to keep. Uh, Danny alive in a lot of these big team fights and you know Danny is this team fighting monster but now he's going to have an ADC that hasn't doesn't have the reps hasn't played with the main roster hasn't played against competition like he's going to get against 100 thieves um, and I think that they're going to end up in a worse spot at the end where now they're probably going to lose to 100 thieves they're going to get stuck in play-ins and everything is going to catch up and they're going to be thinking man if only we had just stuck it out one more week and gotten into play -in, or into groups and then we'd have had all this time to get everything ironed out. So I think at the end, the, the replacement's not going to be enough. Revenge. What do you think of both sides? Yeah, so, so I'm going to have to... I, I think I'll just reply to it. First, uh, the, the anti-Danny call, I guess. Um, I, I, think, I think that the champion pool issue thing for Danny has definitely gotten blown out a bit too much by fans, like blown out of proportion. I think... I mean, Danny still showed in the series he had enough answers, despite in... I'm pretty sure, like, in the 10 games that were played between TSM and TL, Zeri was banned 1-2-3 because of Danny. Like, he was not allowed to get that champion for 10 games, I'm pretty sure. Um, and people always say, oh yeah, champ will issue this, champ will issue that, but that, that's still a huge asset to have. Like, that's a 1-2-3 ban just deleted by the enemy team for an entire series, right? Like, and that's pretty, that can be pretty important. And I think... Um, to the other caller who's pro Danny, I do think that at the end of the day, it is going to be Danny's decision, right? I don't think he was playing at his peak at all, or even close to it in the last couple series. And I do think that mm -hmm. that does have an effect on the rest of the players as well, right? And I think that him making that decision that he's just not ready to play right now is going to have to be respected. And it's kind of like, it might actually be better for the team. That being said, um, it is just going to be a coin flip. It's going to come down to whether Kauri can 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 kind of fill in the shoes, right? Like, yeah. I don't just I don't know how much to put. You know, I don't I don't know for sure how well Kauri will do, but it is going to be up to that. And you had some valid points about, you know, it's going to be hard for sure. I just want to clarify two things, just because I kind of see it. First of all, I'm I'm for people saying that I'm saying Vulcan's bad. No, 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 no. I'm a huge proponent of Vulcan, and I think that a lot of their bodies... That was me no, no. stirring shit, dude. You're good, no. you're good. That was me no, was going like, in there and stirring shit. I was like, shit. no, 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 Vulcan's great. Like, he's he's the reason, like, he's a huge part of the reason why Danny's been so successful. Like, without his veterancy, they they can't, you know, win. Obviously, Danny's good, but he, you know, he does need help. Um, you know, I also, again, you know, kind of respect the, you know, the whole the whole Danny ceiling thing. I think it's, it's you know, huge for them. Um, so, anyways. Um, I think... To throw my two cents in the ring too, I I really like that you said that about the whole like the champion issues overblown. Like it's true he doesn't play the early game stuff, but like a lot of people don't play that right now. You know, at least in North America, um, a lot of people aren't playing that way. It's it's better if you can. Um, but there's also something you say about like if you're an insane team fighter or something, then you should just like play what you're good at. And like if all those are the S tier picks, would you rather play a, like a player who's really good at team fighting playing an A tier team fighter? that's off the S tier list, but like still plays within his wheelhouse, or would you rather him pilot an S tier champion not as well and not quite their play style? You know, like obviously you can call that a champ pool issue, but like if your team is willing to do that, it's still fine. And like, that's how Impact has largely played for his whole career. You know, like he's been around forever. He's gone to Worlds. He's had good performances internationally and he plays his champions. 
Um, he doesn't play Fiora. He's not going to play <laughs> Camille. He's not going to counterpick you. And it would be better if he would, but like, if Danny is the 80 carry impact, it is what it is kind of thing. <laughs> you know, like, I guess that, that would be my two cents on that. It's like, you, you can, it is one dimensional, but you can be really good at that one dimension. Hey, I, I, while we're on the topic of Danny, uh, I just wanted to throw this at, at you revenge and Mark, but there was somebody who wanted to come on the show, wasn't able to make it. And, uh, DM to me. Don't ever do this, by the way. Everybody does this. I'm just making an exception in this one case. Please don't DM me or takes. I'm not going to do this again in the future. Uh, but they wrote, uh, Hi, new league fans. Started watching in 2020, and I started watching Hotline League this year. Even saw you live in Houston. Not sure if there'll be a Hotline League tonight, but I thought it would be interesting to talk about how analysts in the community have been very negative on Danny since MSI and how TL got baited into this and focused this in their best of five. Basically saying, like, TL's whole gameplay was game plan was to shut down Danny and they went full in on it and then it didn't really work out because the rest of the team was able to to work fine on it. I thought it was an interesting take, so I'm kinda curious if you guys have any thoughts on it. Revenge, maybe I'll throw it to you. Uh I mean I don't think people were putting Danny down uh very much. like maybe right after MSI they were just saying that he had lane phase issues, which I mean it kinda goes into the I, champion pool discussion, right? That you were saying yeah, was a little overblown. I, I mean I think the champ pool discussion thing popped up way more recent. It was yeah. mainly after the C nine series, after Berserker said it in the interview and then everyone just kinda like jumped on it like, Oh yeah, Danny has a shit champ pool, oh my god. And it's like yeah, I, I just don't really believe it's like a huge deal and I don't necessarily think it's that true. Um I do think that um I don't know. I, I I just do think that he proved this entire year or this entire split rather that he was like one of the best ADCs, if not the best ADC. And I just feel like um, that's why, like to the callers' points, right? Like I do think that Danny at his peak was what carried EG in a lot of games, and I think it's what made them look as insane as they did. And that's why it is definitely concerning if Kauri comes in and isn't anywhere close to that peak. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to take down the teams that easily right and um yeah that, that's that's kind of what i have to say about danny like i i think that he was their probably their best player this split or maybe inspired was actually i think he was their second best player this split actually awesome okay thank um, you one thing i'll throw in too is about getting baited by tl tl's mid to late game just sucks <laughs> like they they killed danny bot lane pre five minutes like what three or four out of the five games um, and their inability to close with leads has been their problem all year, especially in summer. We like talked about this so many times, and they were still that team in 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 the in this final series where they're like they're not contesting soul point. They're just giving free mountain Drake over because they're like ah we don't have a way in. Fuck it, give it to them. You know, like that's not getting baited by Danny. That's just not being a great mid to late game team. Uh, by the way, if you guys haven't picked up on what Mark's blame game will be about this week after this <laughs> two hours of this episode, uh, you could probably get an idea of what it is if you think pretty hard. Uh, anyway, Horizon and Brandy, thank you guys so much uh, for the, the calls. Uh, starting with you, Brandy, anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Yeah, I'll just shout out your sponsors, uh, Alienware, Grubhub, and shout out to my Clash team. Um, we lose a lot, so thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thank you. And Horizon? 
Uh, similar for me, just a shout out to Alienware. We're actually going to be using a bunch of their products uh, for a collegiate uh, land that we'll be doing soon. So that'll be a prize for us. Um, and then myself, I'll be at Chicago. So I'll be doing all kinds of fan crowd stuff. So I'll have a sign. Uh, I'll do interviews, take pictures of you guys, like the same way I did with Houston. So I'm looking forward to it. But uh, thanks for having us on. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, always cool to see more content creators in the space. Thank you, guys. Catch you next mm -hmm. time. All right. Mark is off to grab the next caller. Uh, KMag, thank you for the prime. How are you holding up, uh, Revenge? I know it's getting kind of late though, right? Or you stay up late? Uh, I, I stay up pretty late, but I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing good. Thanks for okay. Are you looking forward to having uh, finals in your neck of the woods? Yeah, yeah. I've never been to an event, so it's my really? first event. That's crazy. Wait, really? you never gone yeah. to any of the like, just for fun ever. even? Ever and ever in my life. It's actually not that so, surprising. A lot of pro players don't go if, if they don't make it um, and you're still early on in your career. Um, and so, but it is always kind of surprising whatever you hear something like that. So I, I was close to going to the Houston, uh, to the Houston one. Yeah, I, I honestly, it would have been a banger, but I didn't go because I was just, I was actually too sad. My split was like too sad. I, I just didn't want to go, but I, I definitely regret not going. I, I'm at, yeah. I was gonna say, I made a similar mistake early in my, in my broadcast career 2016 worlds i could have gone to the world finals and i was like ah, i'll just come next time it's in north america even if it's four years later you know like i'll still be around <laughs> and then it's like fucking covid and it's in china like four times and like i'm i realized i was being a fucking idiot so you should definitely if you're not going to go to like any everyone should go to world finals if they can every pro player should take this opportunity because you don't know when you're getting it again. Oh, Everyone, I'm definitely gonna go to the worlds. Uh, I'm definitely gonna go to world finals, and I'm gonna try to go to the worlds in New York. Um, I even want to ask Riot. I I haven't asked them, but I want to ask if I could do content for them at Riot for at, for four worlds, like something like that. But I mean, we'll see. Do it soon, goes, but and make sure you can get tickets because they're really hard. Based on a tweet yeah, I saw today, yeah. even Mark was having a hard time getting tickets for New York. So um, okay, yeah. yeah. I would uh, look into it. Um, okay. Uh, Numi is here. Numi, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Southern California. From Southern California. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, this is... I'm here for, like, drama, really. I'm here for content, but um, this is my C9 take. I think Berserker will win. Oh, um, sorry. Like, C9 sorry. will win finals because of Berserker. Numi, sorry. Twitch chat was saying that we hate C9 and that we don't do any C9 takes, so we're going to have to say goodbye for this call, but it was really nice for you to... on Saturday, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Y'all should show up. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, so you think C9 is going to win, and you think, why, because Berserker? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so I think Berserker has really improved a lot from Spring Split. I think his positioning has been really, really good. I almost rarely see him out of position in, like, really huge team fights mid to late game. I think the team plays around him really well. I think he's enabled by Zven, who was a former ADC, now support who has helped Berserker not only from like just viewing the game differently, but being a better ADC. And I think the team plays around him really well. I think if C9 will continue to win if they play around Berserker. Um, so remind me again, you went to LCS a couple of times and didn't, uh, I see Peter Dunn in the chat, didn't he help you do something uh, with the EG folks? I'm here for content. Okay, I'm here for drama. Okay, I actually don't I, know why Mark pulled me, but if if I recall, uh, you you like EG helped arrange a situation where you could meet one of the pro players when you went, 
So I'm just surprised to hear that you're now betraying them by predicting C9 to win this weekend. First, Mark calls me out for not, or first, Travis calls me out for not going to Chicago, and now he's calling me out for coming on the coming on Hotline League. I'm just gonna stop coming here. Thank you, Travis. You can hang up on me now. What, what were you saying, Mark? Why did you pull her? I just said I needed a C9 taken. She said that C9 are gonna win finals because of Berserker, and I'm like, good enough. And yeah. here we are. And... Well, this is the funny thing. People get angry at us because they're like, there's no C9 takes, and then somebody calls in and they're like, I think C9 is gonna win. And everybody's like, ah, oh, that's. That's an obvious take, and it's like, okay, well, what do you guys want? A take that's like, see, guys gonna lose? I don't know. And then we all disagree with it. You <laughs> yeah, know, it's yeah, like, yeah. I, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a pretty base take. Like, yeah, it's yeah. pretty good alt meta. Berserker is completely one v nineing. I don't know. Well, let's base take. let's let's broaden it out to be a little bit of how shocked should people be by C 9s turnaround in playoffs? Because it has been pretty crazy. I mean, earlier, Mark and Revenge, you guys were like gooning over the situation about how, how good they look right now as a team. So what, you know, I, I guess the question is, is it, is this wild? Like how quickly they got good over the course of just a couple of weeks? Uh, I, you can go first. You can go first. Yeah. I was going to say they got a lot better kind of out of nowhere. And it was surprising to me because they were, in the regular season, they had a good record, but they, they lost a bunch of games, or they won a bunch of games that were pretty close to losses. Uh, and then they had the five-game series against CLG. And CLG is no slouch, but, like, I just don't know what happened between, like, start of playoffs and EG and 100 Thieves series, where there's so much better than everyone. I think Fudge has been incredible in playoffs. He's probably, like, the single biggest player turnaround, but like uh, they have soul laners who have really good picks to exploit enemy teams. Blabber has win, been winning the, the coin flips, I guess you could say. He hasn't been flipping the game and losing or anything, like doing any troll shit that he sometimes does. Um, and then bot lane, uh, you know, like Numi said, is incredible. Uh, Berserker is an absolute stud, and Sven has been good. I, I really don't have too many complaints about Sven. Um, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where it kind of came from, but they look really good. Revenge. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, you kind of covered it, right? Like, I, I think, I think that Fudge, just kind of coming back in on a lot of his carry champions and performing is really, really important. I think the top meta kind of changed where people have just been blinding, like certain champions that are definitely exploitable, and that certain players in the league have not had champion pools to to exploit those champions, like blind pick Aatrox, for example. Fudge played Nar. He played Kennen. Uh, he played Camille into Orn, and he had great performances on all of these kind of things, right? Like, I think that that's really important for a top laner right now, and I think that it's good that uh, he is doing that because I think that that's going to be important for Worlds as well when he's competing against the better top laners. And then I think that, yeah, Blabber has stopped being inconsistent, which has been a huge issue for them in a lot of their best of one games, where it's just like he'll just randomly get caught, he'll randomly into team fight then the game's just lost, but that's just not happening as much. And then uh, Sven's laning just got better too. Like the fact that Sven and Berserker are actually winning lane now, and then Berserker is just Berserker out of lane with these OP ADCs, like it's just, it's pretty good. Yeah, they're looking really solid. And then of course is Jensen, who's just been, I think playing pretty consistently the whole split uh, and is still playing consistently, right? And I think, I think that that's, that's probably that's why he's been going to world so consecutively. He's just a really consistent player when it matters, especially. So, 
Um, That's like my thing, take on sign. Yeah, the other thing too is that uh, we, we pulled a, um, a stat about like how much AD carry, gold share, damage percent, like all the like late game stats went up in postseason and it's like dramatic. And when Berserker is, he's he was, people don't remember this, but like back in spring split, there was an AD carry tier list that people were doing. And he was already like breaking into number one for a lot of yeah. people. And I think it, it's fair to say that everyone knows that he can be absolutely insane when he's on and he's on right now. So uh, yeah, you have the best AD carry in the league, best top laner in the league right now a jungler who can be the best, a mid laner can be the best. It's like when they're firing on all cylinders, this is why a lot of people thought when you saw a team on paper that they could um, go to Worlds and now they're sitting in winner's final made, or already in grand final. I made this as a joke tweet um, <laughs> during the weekend, but it feels more more potential now. What are the chances that, especially given, you know, we don't know what EG is going to look like, C9 seems so good that after all these four and five game series, we just get two three O's this weekend in Chicago because <laughs> it feels like it could happen, right? Like, oh, you... it's going to happen, dude. Don't say it. EG is going to be boomed. They're going to lose to 100 Thieves. 100 Thieves is going to make finals and just get ran back by C9 destroyed. <laughs> I think it's really unlikely. I, I mean, okay, the other thing we didn't talk about C9 is their drafting is actually really good. Like, I mean, that's like another thing we can talk about, but draft is like, it's actually funny. A lot of people think it's like just a coach. Uh, it's actually both the coach and the players. So, props to both of them for having like really good drafts that I think uh, like suit their styles and actually suit the meta. I think I think draft is like a huge reason a lot of the teams as well in playoffs look as weird and bad as they do, uh, especially TL. By the way, <laughs> yeah, especially they're TL. already dead, man. Why are you got yeah, TL catching so many strays? I, I mean, it's like it's like because like the thing is that was really triggering me about TL is like. Whenever they drafted well, like to, to their style, they would actually look really good. And then when they didn't, they just looked really bad. And and that's not to like flame their coaching staff, because I, I like I said, I actually think draft is majority on players at some point too. And I can't really imagine what the staff at TL is going through in terms of managing the veterans and managing them in draft, because like, like are you really gonna just tell Bjergsen no? Like in draft, like, no bro, like, Lock in this champ. Like, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but, or like to tell Blippo, like, yeah, Blippo, we should, we're going to ban Aatrox. Like, no, I want to play Urgot. Okay, play Urgot. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know how that went, but it's like, yeah, Just, draft is like really important. And I don't really think C9 struggling at all with it. I, I feel like they have good pools. They're playing the meta. They're playing good team comps. They're, they're counterpicking where they should counterpick. They're, I don't know. Like I haven't had a problem with any C9 draft yet in a while, so that's pretty. That's pretty important. Final thing before we leave this conversation: What did we think about Fudge telling Cloud9 fans to go fuck themselves? I mean, I don't think he said like it's weird because it's been reinterpreted that way. I think he just said like if you didn't believe in us, go fuck yourself, right? No, he said he told the haters to straight up go fuck themselves, and then Gabby asked like. Uh, Hey, what do you think? Would you have any any words to say to like your fans? And he said, "Keep doubting us." Uh, <laughs> all, wait, all he said was "keep doubting us." He didn't say to go fuck themselves, right? No, no, no. You're, you're misinterpreting me. He okay. said, "Go fuck yourself" to the haters. He, yes. he said that. Go fuck yourself. He said a bunch of other stuff before that too. He was like, sure. he like ramped up to the "go fuck yourself," chilled out a little bit, and then she was like, "All right, well, anything you gotta say to your fans?" Because like, not the haters. And he said, "Keep doubting" or something. 
Yeah. I don't interpret it that way, I guess, but I don't. <laughs> well, you I also don't. didn't watch it, so I don't know how you're going to interpret it. I did because um, I was in the room at the time. Uh, but that's why I'm confused because I don't remember him saying that. And then you've told me multiple times the same thing that doesn't sound like it's saying him say, telling the C9 fans to go fuck themselves. Um, the I point see. is, what <laughs> you're you're saying? He says to the haters, "Go fuck yourselves," and then he says to the fans, "Keep doubting your, us." That is not the transitive property does not get employed here. I didn't say he said to the, the fan thing was a joke. I said one time, and then he he said he was pretty salty. It sounded like at the fans. That's oh, okay. that's all it said. Was he was he salty at the fans or was he salty at Freak? People don't Let's know. Be here. People people Let's be are here. What, Like was that the clapback at Freak that we've all been waiting for and we just didn't know? Like, Ooh, that would be a good calling one. him an idiot. <laughs> oh, I, I think. Here's the thing I would say to defend Fudge, too, is like there's a lot of fans coming out of the fucking woodworks right now who are all like, I always love C9. I wasn't giving them shit about the systems or this or that in spring that Fudge had to go through, I'm sure. And so, like, you know, and even in, during spring, I, I doubted. I went from having them as making worlds to like week six. I was like, nah, they're not making it, you know, so like... uh I don't you think you also it's... doubted CLG, Mark. You also yeah, doubted they CLG. They didn't make it, so that's fine. Uh, but like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't blame players for getting salty. Like when they pop off, and then they're gonna go after they win. You know, they want to say something. You know, like I'm not, I'm not flaming Fudge for that, but I'm just saying that like I think there was some pent up emotion about the kind of like haters, as he said. That a lot of them were C9. Like a lot of them were not C9 fans too. But but there are also a lot of people who. Uh, we're upset about everything that happened in spring. I think. I uh, I look. It's very funny. So I put out these Fudge interviews, and in them, Fudge is just trolling and being ridiculous. And then there's a ton of people that comment, and they're like, "Ugh, what a useless interview." And I guess I get it for some people, but like, I don't know. Dude's actually doing good. Like he's he's not being generic in interviews. There's a reason I interviewed him back to back. It's because he's doing silly things. He's like. Not just being like, yeah, you know, we expect to win. It's just, for me, I really like interviewing Fudge. He has a lot of personality. He puts a lot out there. I Honestly, I don't really care. And, unless he's saying something that's, like, outrageously offensive or, you know, inappropriate, I just don't. And I wouldn't list that that way. Like, I'm super happy he's in the league. And if some of you guys don't like him, great. Honestly, that's we, we need more players that people don't like in some ways. Like... For a long time, we've just had the most milk toast players, you know? Revenge just comes out there and is like, thanks, everyone. See you later. Ha enjoyed the game. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm like, give me some interesting people. <laughs> yeah. Nice just... flame. That's flame. <laughs> I mean, the only listen, thing I'll say listen, is. I can't. I can't. We were losing too much. I can't I'm... have too many heart takes. It's, no, it's no, I'm just kidding. You you put it's out a ton hard. of personality. You and, and Giotto, especially all your little back and forth, it's been, it's been good. I was just trying yeah. to poke fun, but. Um, yeah. I, I will also say, like, the only thing is that, like, there are sometimes young people in the audience and watching at home. Like, there was a cast. I, there's been a couple times where I'm casting. I look out in the audience, and there's, like, a child, like, an actual, like, six-year-old or under child, like, right there. And I'm like, I'm not yep. swearing today. Mark. And so I, I will say that there's times <laughs> where, like, I understand why people do want you to pull back. Um, yeah, as, as Nut's saying, there's, there's always people, there's always a lot of kids, like not just like 12 year olds who I, I think everyone knows they're swearing and saying fucking whatnot, but like there's, there's also a lot of like actual children. Yeah. Hang on, let me pull this up. Sorry. It's going to be very bright on screen. So everybody get used to the, uh, 
the flashbang, but I just want to pull this up. Okay, Mark, here What's we this? go. This is the League of Legends rating, T for teen, baby. All right, let's. I don't care if there's a kid in the audience. This is a a teen rated game. Blood and fantasy violence. It doesn't say language anywhere on there. They thought it was safe for the earmuffs. They probably oh, have blindfolds dude, on their Dude, it was. There, uh, the violence extends to the way that some people talk in this game. I'll just put it that way. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I just am not super sympathetic to that stuff. Uh, all right. Anyway, Numi, what do you think of swearing on the broadcast? Uh, do you think people shouldn't do that? Um, I don't mind the swearing like near the end of broadcast. I think that creates great content. I feel like in the middle, like when you're casting a game, sometimes it can be distracting. But I feel like since the majority of LCS watchers are, I'm gonna say 16 plus, like I think it's fine. Yes, that's the correct answer. Thank you, Numi. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller? Yeah, um, all my friends I've made on LCS Twitter, Grubhub, please come to Hotline League on Saturday, and shout out Dokla, he makes, he has a really cool stream. Awesome. Thank you so much, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Revenge predictions for finals weekend, EG versus 100 Thieves. Uh, I think 100 will take it probably 3-2. 3-2? Yeah, yeah it'll, be a, it'll be a banger, but I think 100 will take it. Hundred I mean, thieves, three one. I, I, like I, it does suck. Like I, I, I can't just blindly put my faith in in Kalari. Like I do think he'll be good. I do think that if inspired and impact, especially like play that they're high level, they'll do well. But like I think that the same can be said for someday and closer. Like I think those are really consistent and clutch players, and and they don't have that that Danny factor anymore, right? And it's a bot lane meta, and I just I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh, it's it's hard for me to say that there'll be 100 Thieves. That's, that's all I'll say. I'm with you on that one. All right, C9 versus 100. We both agree C9. What is it, though? Uh, probably 3-1. Probably 3-1 C9. Yeah, I could see that being a 3-1. Yeah. I just think, I, I think Fudge counters someday. Like, no joke, he's just someday's counter. Like, someday can't just blind his Aatrox, blind his Orin, and chill. Like, he just can't. I, I uh, so there was a caller who came on and said that C9 was going to win finals. They came on and they were last week, they were talking about shit. And I, I was like, nope, not going to happen. They're not winning finals. And I was, one of the big things for me was if someday can do that, just kind of slam his stuff and be okay into to Fudge. And other than the one time Fudge just blinded Orn to take it away and then someday played Gwen, uh, someday won that matchup every other game. Or excuse me, uh, it, uh, Fudge won that the the individual matchup every game that he didn't just blind Orn into someday. So, I mean, that was uh, one game they they lost too, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, mean, so, I got that one really wrong. And then I said that the other thing I said was like, I'm sure FBI will play the lane dominant stuff into Berserker's Ven, and then they tried that and they got slammed with the, the they were down <laughs> like 30 CS in the Lucian game. So like both the things I said that I thought would like be a, a something to control c9 coming off their eg series i was fucking wrong about so i learned my lesson c9 fans i'm sorry i got destroyed both points i made were wrong c9 are gonna win the series now yeah it's gonna be i don't know i i, I do think the 100 eg one will be really close it, it can honestly go either way i think depending on draft two and depending on how Corey plays like i feel like i feel like halfway through the series based on how Kauri's playing you could probably make a better judgment on that 
Yeah. But C9, I don't know, I, I do think C9 right now is just looking like the best by far. Just overall, so yeah, that's gonna be, it's gonna be spicy, that's for sure. All right, spicy. Uh, let's get our last caller in. Mark is off to grab him. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been watching. Please stick around after the show because uh, I was ending worried. on the most hype topic of the night. Travis will love this one. Let's do it. Oh God! Normally, whenever Mark says Travis will love it, he means it's the least hype. Uh, legit or thank you for calling. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Minnesota. Minnesota. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, my take is that it is in TSM's best interest to buy out the TLA roster in the offseason. And to go more into that, I think it's partly due to TSM's bot lane weakness right now. I do, I mean, Chime was showing up in playoffs, but I don't think Instinct was that good. I think Tactical is the reason they didn't make it farther in playoffs. Um, I mean, I don't know what happened to Mia sitting in Academy, I believe, right now. And um, if we go back to the lock-in tournament, um, I believe CoreGJ said something along the lines of Ayla being the second best support in LCS. And now whether or not he actually is top two or not, I think uh, CoreGJ is somebody that is a credible source and leaving a talent like that in Academy right now is kind of a waste. And more so to the TSM side, um, right now they have a bad perception of their org right now, uh, just with all the drama throughout the year, whether that's like Reggie, Peter Zhang, or all the roster moves. And so I think something they can do to bring, I guess, hype or love from the fans back to the org is bring up a TLA the Academy roster. Well, what about what about Bradley versus Solo? Your take on that? Bradley versus Solo. Um, I, I want, I, I, I'd rather have, I, th I would say I'd rather have solo. You're right. But I, yeah, no, solo is a definite, definite, like better option than Bradley. But I think TSM needs to kind of drop their we are a top org ego and actually do something to bring the fans back into their org so one i don't know if just picking up a bunch of players that the vast majority of lcs people don't know is a great way to bring fans in i understand what you mean it's like a nice narrative but i think the bigger reason why this will never happy is happen is because andy din's ego would never allow himself to purchase steve's academy roster and just run that as his five players for the lcs league I just don't, I like, it's, I would be shocked if that ever yeah. ended up happening. Um, so I know you said they need to drop their ego, but I, I just don't. I don't think that that's, that's you were making a lot of faces there. Was it only about the top side thing or was it about I mean, the, the overall idea as a whole? I mean, I don't think Harry or Bradley are anywhere. Like, I, I don't, I don't really think they're, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I really don't like to like. I guess say whether a player is LCS ready or not, but just I, I don't really think Bradley is going to be better than Solo. I don't think he's even like a fraction of a player that Solo is. I, I feel like they should keep Solo if they're going to keep anyone, and 
I do think that Bradley just needs way more time in Academy. I mean, he roll swapped from mid to top. Um, and then I also think that Harry over Maple. I mean, you can argue it, but it's just like I, I, I think the only I don't know. I just, I just, I just don't know. I don't know. Can I, I go over my opinion again about this roster? So yeah, my yeah. thing is, is their bot lane is kind of like the selling point of this roster, I think. So Ayla and Yon, I think, are pretty decent, and we saw that in lock-in. And so I think this roster as a general is something that should be developed more in the LCS. And, so, and something I have kind of thought as we brought in this new lock-in tournament is we should try and bring in like the number one uh, academy team into the lock-in tournament so they can kind of get some LCS experience as well. But I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Why? They'd only be cause... playing against other academy players. Ha! Nice I, I did. Yeah, I guess so. Pisa and everything. I don't know. Hopefully that'll be good for next year. But uh, I mean, I so mean... Here, here's what I'll, I'll give you to the caller is that like I was talking about a couple episodes ago about how North America doesn't seem to believe in prod prodigies or like even the, the concept of like players that are doing well getting stuck onto a top team. Very, very few teams have done that outside of a C9. Yeah, and like TSM once with, with Bio, really. I mean, they tried it with Glebe, I guess. You could say they tried it with Mike Young, I guess. But like, um, I, I, I like the idea of like having stacked talent and then grabbing what you think is the best player in that role in Academy that like you need to fill. If you're like a good team, you can probably go get that guy. Um, and I think that's an acceptable risk for a lot of these teams. Especially if you have someone like Solo in your back pocket or or whatever, you know, not not, not that Bradley's who they should be taking the risks on for other people. But like uh yeah, I don't know. I, I would love to see more. I know Travis does not think it's cool, but I think if you do a good job of hyping up these players, like people will get excited about them. Like people are excited about like when Gumayushi debuted in Korea and like just like young talent is exciting in other regions. It can be exciting in NA too. JoJo worked. I mean, I mean, I think, I think like what kind of what EG did where you have like veterans and you integrate some rookies in roster is a great formula. And I just think that, for example, like TSM has Soul, right? Who I think in a few years can definitely, maybe not a few years, maybe in like a year, and definitely get LCS ready. And I just feel like having a veteran like Solo on the roster and then kind of moving up Solo when he's ready is a, is a lot better of an idea than just like getting another rookie like Bradley and just throwing him in LCS. I just think that it makes sense if you're a GM thinking about it like that. But um, I mean, yeah, I guess it's up to kind of what TSM wants to do, right? Uh, like whether they want to go into the development route or like maybe they want to get more uh, LPL Academy players and roll with them right like who knows who knows like what that what they'll decide right but yeah i don't know also chime i mean we talked about him earlier but i feel like he should definitely yeah stay as well like he showed he was really really good for the team honestly and he was kind of put in a really weird situation playing with like two different adcs and he still looked pretty good so shout out to him Thanks so much, Legitor, for the call. Anything that you want to shout out before we wind down the show? Um, I'd like to shout out Spica. I hope he finds an amazing contract in this offseason. Um, I'd like to shout out Alienware. That's my first PC I ever got. And, yeah, that'll be it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for the call. We'll catch you next time.
All right, that is the show. Stick around because afterwards I'm going to be showing the latest surprise test to people who are watching on stream because I just like to encourage you guys to stick around. And because I'm going to be doing a watch party for something that Mark will find interesting that I'm doing a watch party for. Um, let's see. What is... Oh, Revenge, we're getting some weird... Do no you have a fan that suddenly turned on? What's going on in the background there? I'm um, not sure. I don't oh, think I changed any noises. A lot louder. That's okay. We're gonna wind it's down. It's the, the end show, of the show. So Let's just get out. Yes. I, All right. I know. Mike. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, I'm gonna turn down revenge. Um, Mark, what do you got for us? What do you want to shout out? Uh, not much. Gonna shout out the blame game coming out this week. Gonna shout out. That's it. Is there anything else big that's happening this week, Mark? Uh, thanks, revenge, for coming on. Um, hey, anything else, Mark? That's worthy of a shout out that you're working on. You're participating in. The dive? Any big things happening? Uh, Chicago? In Chicago. Finals? What's Waiting happening room? Saturday morning, Mark? <laughs> Waiting room's happening Saturday morning, dude. <laughs> Online League live with Grubhub. Woo! Fan Fest. Woo! Revenge, what do you want to what do you want to shout out here at the end? Uh, yeah, shout out you guys for having me, and shout out actually Riot for having me that one day for the TL Hundred T series. That you did really great fun. that day, by the way. That was really fun. Uh, thank you, thank you. Shout out, and yeah, shout out to everyone who also like supported me that day too. I got a ton of support from a bunch of you guys, so thank you. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. it was very fun. Okay, cool. Um. I think that is the show. So thanks, everyone. Be sure to watch Live Hotline League. Uh, Jack will be there. He's in the chat right now, but he'll be on the show. Spoiler alert. Um, Whoa. So please please tune in. Uh, it'll be fun. Mark and I are going to have a good time. Mark can stay longer now. We got we got uh, his mom to let him stay out longer, so uh, he, can, he can do that. Stick around on the stream. Thanks, Revenge. Thanks, Mark. We'll see you all in Chicago this weekend. Woo!